Street Fighters. Hope you're doing all right tonight, Sunday. We're taking calls in the studio, WCRSFM. You can always listen to the stream at WCRSFM.org. It's right there on the left-hand side of the page. It'll open up in your browser. Uh, we are in the Free Press Studios, and we are also a part of the Radio Pacifica Network. Hope you're ready to listen to a few hours of phone calls from listeners of Street Fight. Locals to Columbus, please call in. The number is 614-412-5252. It's the same number every single week. If you want to see Street Fight Live, this uh, Sunday we are going to be in Asheville, North Carolina at the Auditorium. $6 to get in or $8 if you're under 21. Uh, We'll be doing an hour-long show. Uh, Doors are at 8. The show kicks off at 9 p.m. So be there, and to hang out with us, we'll be sticking around. There'll be a few uh, Street Fight legends in the building as well. Uh, it should be a good time. If you want to see us in New York City, we will be back on March 30th. We're doing a live show with the WrestleSplania crew, Kath Barbadoro and Rachel Millman. And then we are going to be in New Orleans on doing a live show April 7th. We'll be there for the wrestling weekend. But uh, we are going to do a regular old Street Fight show there on Saturday night. So come hang around, clown around with the gang. Uh, it's going to be a good time. You can find everything we do at streetfightradio.com, of course, as we continue to move forward uh, into this new world that we're building outside of the confines of the old NASA-designed world. Uh, we are Street Fight. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. How you doing tonight? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I felt good coming in on the Jay Dilla. It's cool. You sounded cool coming in, so I'm into it. I am into it. Uh, how's your week? Are you we big birthday weekend with the old uh, for the kid? We we did a birthday party this morning. Brett and I both show. I showed up somewhere before 10 a.m. or before noon. Which is a big deal for anybody who knows me in real life. I you I, only do that for five year olds, though. Uh, well, I mean, as people have said, as I've said, I am like king uncle, and I will not ever miss a birthday party because I love kids, man, and I love five year old. Five is the best age. Now, your kid, I think, is way too used to me, so she is not impressed by me at all. Uh, she sees me every week, a couple times a week, and I always take her daddy down to the basement to do work. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm probably not her favorite person, but I still I'm there in solidarity. Had a real weird like argument with the wife this weekend about your kid's birthday. Oh yeah, what's that? I said I want to go get Brett's kid a toy. I like buying toys for kids. Charlotte loves toys. She's a toy kid for life. Like she is, she reminds me more of me than any of these other kids. Cause the other kids didn't really dig toys very much. They, my daughter, I mean, come on. We went to Toys R Us the first time she ever got a Toys R Us gift card and she bought a Snuggie. So it was like, there wasn't a lot of toys sitting around my house. She buys blankets with all of her money every time. It's all oh, just get a new blanket. I was there for the last toy that she bought, which was some Zuzu pets. And she was really sold on this was going to like 
this was going to feed her hamster need, and this was going to be a, a, something fun for her to play in her room. I, I remember her pitch. And then uh, I don't know if I ever saw her play with it. No, she never did, dude. She Those things never moved around. They I never saw those things. She just doesn't love toys. She just doesn't love toys, which is like, so I want to buy this kid a toy. My wife, on the other hand, she believes that she is known as the person who buys clothes and that that is a good thing. People tell her it's a good thing. Uh, It's a dumb thing to tell her. Please don't tell her that, people in the family. Uh, I love her with all my heart, but nobody wants to be the guy that gives clothes for birthday presents and Christmas presents. I like getting clothes. (laughs) We have too many toys in my house, so I like to see some outfits because her clothes are never clean. So that takes care of that for me. More clothes means less cleaning. Brett, I like to be fun, and I like to buy fun things. Your kid loves fun toys. She doesn't play... Well, she does play with Barbies, but she also plays with other toys that are would be considered fun for a young I, I'm a boy I'm I, I meet those gender norms it's terrible I know but I like playing with action figures and things like that but matchbox cars I love yeah like, Charlotte loves those I'm a big fan of those and your kid likes them there's not a lot of boys in our world it's all girls you know so I never got that like oh we're gonna play video games because they never wanted to play video games. I mean like I have one niece that their parents tried to get them not to like conform to gender stuff and and bought her all kinds of different toys, but in the end it turns into like they they just like <laughs> whatever is marketed towards them. I guess she's she doesn't she's not necessarily like that. She doesn't play video games. I want one of these kids to play video games. Is what you I'm need to find at. a video game kid. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, like, I thought that, like, we would be at the time now where all kids played with were video games, you know? Like, I mean, yeah, it's all iPad stuff, though. Yeah, it's boring. It's It's them alone, too. Like, not everybody gets to sit down and play the game. And the games they play on the iPad are, I mean, I would, I hate to sound like an old man, but some of these iPad video games that the kids play (laughs) with are always like, we're putting hair on a little doll head like that's basically the whole game is they like to make little girls up into princesses and i'm like that's not i mean i'm not into that (laughs) where's the skill in this (laughs) you want something where like four people crowd around the tv and compete for controllers (laughs) yeah that'd be fun i mean now you can play four player games that's like the games are so inclusive now like everybody can play them and for some reason the kids in our life just I mean, my daughter, all she wants to do is watch YouTube. That's all she cares about is like, what's on YouTube? What are you watching today? I mean, she does laugh her head off at that stuff, though. Hey, YouTube's great, I hear. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I don't think it's good, but whatever, you know. Uh, For those of you wondering, uh, we were off for a week, and we have been – we weren't around for the school shooting. It's – and uh, I, I do want to talk about it, but I think that the way that I'm going to handle that is I'm going to get Gwen on the show and talk about the drills they had been going through earlier in this year when it came to school shootings, because I, I really think that's a, a perspective that maybe isn't as much out there. I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, great, now they're going to have to put the kids through these drills. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> too late if you're worried about that because it's happening, you know. That's been for a while now. I mean, that was one of their early recommendations, I believe. 
they did it three days in a row this year. It was kind of like a, the curriculum was like first day was hiding and holding yourself up in the room. The next day was escaping. And the last day was if they come in the room, how to attack at them or whatever, throw things at them. And I just, I mean, it's heartbreaking that they have to prepare for these sorts of things. And I don't know what the solution is. And I always like, you know, sometimes I come on the show and I feel like I sound hopeless when it comes to this stuff. And that's because I'm with everybody else. I don't have an answer. And I, I don't think that I can even put an answer out there. You know, obviously, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of calls for gun control, but I feel like the people that would be doing that now and enforcing those laws are probably not the best people to do that. You know, they're not going to take them out of the hands to, of the people that are doing this stuff. Well, they're not they're certainly not using any of their resources to keep track of white violent white supremacists or anything like that. Who are the folks that are perpetuating a lot of this? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a ton that we can say about it that is productive. I It just it's heartbreaking to me. And like, I hate that. I hate that this happens. And I hate that it's a fear that we have. And I, I don't I mean, I don't know. I just don't know. It is a lot. There are a lot of them happening, and it's all- not an uns- yeah. It's, and I don't think it's a solvable problem. I don't think it's as simple as doing one thing and making it all happen. I think we're so reactionary right now. If you were to go after guns, that's a lot of triggers for more people. I think you'd see more shootings if you went after guns right now. Right. Right. Yeah. And and I think that like, like not I to don't- say that there shouldn't be you know some sort of way to. to keep them out of people's hands you know i wouldn't i don't mind if it's a pain in the ass to get a gun i don't don't care about any of that stuff i mean shit it's a pain in the ass to get kratom right pain in the ass to get weed it should be a pain in the ass to get a gun and it's not as i mean i know you got to take a background check and i i I knew this guy that came into some money and bought a 50 caliber and he was really annoyed that he had to wait three days to get his hand on his gun but you know what too bad you want something that can kill somebody with the press of a button you gotta wait three days to get your hand on it you know i don't even know if i feel safe with him having it you know (laughs) where it's like i know that he got checked i know that he went through the whole background check and all that stuff but uh, you know (laughs) yeah i mean and you know i mean there is other places also where they don't have these issues and you know i dream of living in that world but i'm in like this toxic soup it's a, it's a different world in in america you know especially when it comes to these things cuz you're talking to you're talking to a lot of people that feel like this is the only right they care about you know i mean this is what it always comes back to right i was in a really uncomfortable situation this week with with the father-in-law was moved back into town and i've tweeted about it he he has some pretty bad opinions and uses a lot of really bad language and things like that and uh he was you know the news is showing these vigils and he's like why are you even showing this what is this why are you even showing this and i'm like because somebody just gunned down 17 kids that's like a big deal that's not some big small thing and for you to feel like let's just move on it like shows where you're at, you know? Yeah, that's what I have to say. I mean, I think that for me, I, it feels unsolvable in my mind because I know that so many folks do just want to move along and they're like, well, I mean, life is a chance. It's a roll of the dice. And sometimes these things are going to happen. And it's like, I just don't think it has to be that way at all. Well, and if this was happening in any other country in the world, it would be a huge, 
we would be talking about how fucked up that country is, you know? Like you talk about like Coney or whatever. Remember when Coney was this whole big deal and it's like, well, there's a lot of stuff happening here that's Coney bad. <laughs> like it may not be exactly like whatever Coney did. I don't remember what Coney did. He didn't think he was kidnapping people or something. Yeah, what well, and then the I mean, what I've said before also is like I don't I am I'm obviously not your typical um, hetero male when it comes to the American system, but I still, I felt like there was that period of being 19 years old and not really knowing what was ahead, you know, not really having understanding on life, feeling that like you were supposed to inherit something great, you know, or, or find a job or find some sort of meaning right out of school and, and uh, get access to this stuff. And it just doesn't happen for most of us that weird and, time where you think that you're not doing anything exactly right, where adulting like a boss comes from i know we make you know you make fun of that meme when you see it and you may you see those words on stuff but it's like there is a time in everybody's life where they feel like they should be doing something that nobody does i read a story today about a guy that would just eat like a can of black beans every single day and spread it on white bread and like that was how he transition from being a child to adulting like a boss you know like no you know there's just no there's nothing to set us up in this world and especially for for men uh we the patriarchy patriarchy just kicks our ass i mean it just does not offer anything to us that isn't violent or controlling or I'm in charge here, or I've got the biggest gun, so I talk first. They they also turn you loose on the world at at like nine, you know, you at, at like nineteen, eighteen years old. They just you're turned loose on the world, and you're able to just you you go out there, and nobody's checking on you. Nobody's checking on you. They're 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 pretty sure that you're doing all the right stuff, and that's not happening. And there, and you know, another thing that I I. I would say is that like, there are a lot of people in this world that are waiting for young, angry white men that have no direction in their life. And they're waiting to turn them into this guy. And like, I don't know how to get in between those people and I don't know how to talk to them. And I, you know, I don't know that I don't, I don't know that we should be coddling assholes. You know sure. I mean? no, agree. Like if somebody's like an asshole, that's like, you know what? A misogynist and, and a racist. Like, it's like, you don't want to coddle them, but it's also like, man, I wish there was a way to, to, to turn that into a positive or get, thing. get a different result or, and, and like, I'm seeing all these people like, like I saw Bernie Sanders today saying like, you know, those guns are for the military. And it's like that, uh, like you're just saying those guns are for killing people in other countries. And like, that's not a healthy solution either. You know, saying join the army. If you want to be a a killer that messes around with guns is, I don't like that. I don't want that to be the thing either. But that's how they, that's, they feed off of that disaffected young male rage as well, though. Like they're somebody that can take you from nothing and make you into something. That's all about, that's all their pamphlets are about, you know? 
God, I wish the Peace Corps was the thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that would be neat. I mean, it, I don't know. But listen, if you're out there and you're like, the Peace Corps is fascist, then please let me know. But like, I've known hippies that went into the Peace Corps and came back and were just regular old hippies when they were done, you know? Yeah, I mean, I really consider it like this a terrorism problem in the same way of ISIS, where um, we do have terrorist attacks these lone wolf attacks they always call them and it's because somebody is online reading all of this disaffected horrible screeds against humanity and civilization and from that population of people some of them are going to break off and do something completely fucking violent and terrible and uh that pool has been increasing i feel is is you know part of where is this is coming from you know yeah yeah and you know i i don't know who talks to them i know that there are probably people that listen to this show they're like well why don't you guys be the ones that talk to them and it's like they're not listening they don't want they us. wouldn't want to hear us they don't want us they don't want to hear our opinions they don't want to hear what we have to say listen if there's somebody out there that you think could be moved into a more productive direction and you sent them my way Look, I could talk to anybody in this whole world, but I don't think that I can change them. I mean, I've talked, there's people that I've known forever that I've had countless conversations with that I've, I've, I've tried to talk them out of these things and I've tried to give them reasons why it's not a good, why it's not good. And they just, they pretty much just don't want me around anymore. They just are like, I want, I, I don't like you. You know, and I was the same way at a period of my life. If somebody sat me down and told me that I needed to be focusing on political stuff or identity politics or, or anarchism or any of that stuff, I would have said, no, I don't want to. This sucks. It's stupid. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess there's just a more there's a more egalitarian way to look at the world and look at us as a, a look at us all in this together. But. Um, there's so much propaganda out there and, you know, cesspools for this stuff that it does. You know, I've said it before. I do say stuff when I can, but I always just end up being a guy that isn't invited around anymore. You know, I've been the sissy boy plenty of times in my life and, and told somebody that racism isn't cool only to just, you know have them call me a horrible name and then it blows up and then I just never talk to him again. Right. And I end up getting the other side of that, right? Where it's like, this guy's an asshole. He doesn't listen to anybody. And he just, uh, I have my opinions and I'm going to stick with them. And you're an asshole for yeah. disagreeing with me. You're, vo you're a dick and you're always yelling and stuff like that. And it's like, like there, I, I, I've tried it with what what is it like with sugar and carrot and stick and neither one of them work <laughs> for me uh, again like this may be just despair right now that i feel about no, this sort I, of thing we but have I we have a fact there are some people i know that had those opinions that i'm sure have changed but um it's just uh, i don't know it's hard i guess even the changes in my life i remember maybe having some horrible points of view and then having somebody that knew better say something to me and I thought they were full of shit and stupid and propagandized and all that stuff. But then later down the line, I remember in my mind like, Oh yeah, I remember someone trying to say this to me like five years ago. Right. I, I actually remember And that's, what's funny is that kind of yelling worked with me. It didn't, it doesn't work. I don't think with everybody, but what turned me this direction was like watching people on Twitter yelling at people. They didn't necessarily yell at me. They did that this week, but they <laughs> didn't necessarily yell at me before. I maybe got into some arguments where it was just, I had the dumb opinion or whatever like that. But like, I, I kind of, 
I, uh, I, I just saw that stuff and I was like, you know what? You got a damn good point. I can't argue against it. That's uh, you're right. You know, and it maybe worked on me, but that is not, I don't think that's the direction for, that's the direction for some people. You know, I have friends that I've yelled at and told them they were stupid that ended up coming around to my opinion. It's not very many. You know? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a percentage thing. <laughs> Sometimes they will, but, um, for someone that's that entrenched in that, I mean, it is really hard. Oh, I mean, it isn't very hard, actually. You just need to target white supremacists, I would say. I mean, I would say I would probably be intervening, intervening in all the shit that they do. But getting know? getting the F, the current FBI or Jeff Sessions to press charges on white supremacists and getting the Justice Department to go after them is a major uphill battle. He's not going to do that. Right. I mean, he we're is- still having a conversation on this country on whether or not they exist, so... I mean, that's where the mainstream media is at, I believe. Or like regular folks like, oh, there ain't that many. I mean, yeah. And, and it, maybe it does look like a lot more, but it doesn't. For me, it doesn't. Jesus. For me, it doesn't matter if they exist, if there's that many of them. They're shooting and killing people. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's enough. Like, it doesn't. To me, like, whether or not there's a hundred of them or ten of them does not even matter to me. If they're doing what they're, if there's a million of them or 10 of them, it's like, we got to handle this because they're violent. They fucking cutting people's throats on buses and they're shooting people and they're shooting into crowds and they're stabbing people and they're beating them with sticks. And that that's a fucking problem. And in any other place in the world, if there was a group the size of these white supremacists running around doing the things that they did, we would be talking about intervening in that country. That's ISIS. You know, we intervened and in whole we killed hundreds of thousands of people just to go after groups like this in other countries. So I, I don't know. I like I said. I hate to ask the FBI to do anything. Yeah, I agree. You know? No, I know what you mean. <laughs> so uh, well, well, let's see who's on the line. Let's get this first caller. On yeah, here. that was our uh, non-statement. That was our twenty-minute non-statement about um, the, the school shooting. How dare you tell me to shut up? We'll have a be- we'll have more of a show later this week about it, and we'll talk to a kid. Let's see who is on the line. Thanks for calling Street Fight. You're currently turned down. If you wait just a moment, I can reach over to the board. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Jay from uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. How's it going? Hell yeah. We were trying to guess where you were from, Jay. Because <laughs> your name, it's you, you You got a hold of me on a, on a Twitter account that said UNL. And I was like, University yeah. of Northern. And then Brett was like, what about Lincoln, Nebraska? And I was like, nobody calls us from Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're from Nebraska. Yeah, um, we have like three universities like that are state. We have like a... One in Kearney, Nebraska, one in Lincoln, and one in Omaha. So it's like UNK, UNL, and UNO. Kearney is a, is a city there? Yeah, yeah. It's like a little – it's like a smaller town. I moved to Lincoln from Kearney, actually. Kearney is a sweet name for a city, if you ask me. <laughs> What's the history? <laughs> is it named Kearney because that's where Kearneys hold up after they ripped off whole towns? <laughs> Dude, straight up, like, they're, they, like, a bunch of this, like, carnival, like, sets up in the mall parking lot. And I used to work at this, like, fucking pizza buffet in that area, and I was selling weed at the time, and I was like, I just want to go sell at all these fucking carnies that are yeah. just, like, these traveling guys. Make a payday. <laughs> Hell yeah. Right. <laughs> Roll up there with that sweet leaf. Carnies are. Right. They're a wild breed. You don't want to get... I mean, I want to get tied up with carnies, of course. I, I, I've said this on the show before. <laughs> right before I went 
so I went to community college and then I went to the Ohio State University. So in the time between that, I tried to talk my wife into letting me get a job <laughs> at a carnival. <laughs> she was like, you're not getting a job at a carnival. And I'm like, but it's life skills that I could really learn a lesson about. <laughs> I feel like it's just like, it just opens a door to like a lot of nonsense. Like, I don't know. You never know where you're going to end up if you start hanging out with like a bunch of carnies. You know? Darkness. Dark. I knew a woman who used to own, her husband owned a, a four-wheeler, an ATV store. And anytime the fair came through his their city, uh, the carnival would come. And they would set up a booth at the carnival. And, you know, you're there after the carnival closes and before the carnival opens. And they said, buddy, when, when that carnival closes, the, the fair turns into a completely different sort of place. I'm sure. <laughs> so uh, you sent me a DM earlier in the week to talk about something. And, and I, I, I felt like it was an important thing to talk about. So we got you on here. So uh, what's going on in Lincoln, Nebraska? Yeah, thanks so much for letting me uh, get on the phone with you guys. So um, basically, like, what's been going on is uh, we have, like, this fucking Nazi that goes to the University of uh, Nebraska at Lincoln. He's a biochemistry major. Um, he's a junior right now. But uh, we first became aware of him uh, when he, like, around Charlottesville. Like, he went, he flew, he uh, drove up to Charlottesville to participate in the march, and he was helping run, like, um, some like security for like high-ranking uh, Nazi officials. He's like all tight with like Matthew Heimbach and and those kinds of people, uh, David Duke. And so like he was he was helping run some security and stuff like that. And kind of um, made like he's he's kind of loud and doesn't know when to shut the fuck up. So he made himself very obvious. Um, and so we started talking to the university. We started like sending him messages and trying to spread the word out and like send a doc sheet around and stuff like that to try to. Um, bring some information, like bring some information to the university, make everyone aware of it, and uh, try to get them kicked out of school. You know, um, because we don't need to be giving like an active Nazi a fucking uh, you know biochemistry uh, degree. Yeah, that might lead and to him so making was, money, actually, like good money, right. and being able to fund Nazi things. It, that makes exactly. a lot of sense to me. Right. Yeah. He he was a member of Vanguard America at that time, which is like the same group that like the person who killed Heather Heyer uh, was a part of. Um, and so he he was running the uh, Vanguard America pod podcast as well at that time. So we like started contacting the university and the university gave us the whole like, oh, yes, like we're aware of the situation. We're aware of Mr. Cleave. Like we've decided he's not a threat and continue to do this and that. And in the meantime, he uh went to Tennessee as well for the like White Lives Matter rallies and he was part of the people like that group with Matthew Heinbeck that like went to that Tennessee bar and like assaulted uh a biracial couple there. Like he they like ended up busting her fucking face open and he was part of all of that too. Um oh, I had no just, idea that he, it he happened. Traveled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's really it's really awful. But um he travels all over for these like white pride rallies and stuff like that do you um, do you have an idea of how he tra like is he paying to travel himself or is he being funded by somebody do you know well, that he has like yeah like he usually like i know when he went to tennessee he like split gas with like a bunch of other white supremacists that he like picked up along the way and then like i know when he went to charlottesville like he has a paypal 
And, like, we've gotten, like, his PayPal shut down, like, a couple times now, but he keeps making new ones. But um, he, he, like, asks, like, other people on, like, Discord servers, like, Nazi Discord servers to, like, fund him to be able to, like, go places. And they all kind of, like, help each other out in that way. And it's, like, just this weird, fashy, like, little GoFundMe situation, I guess. Mutual aid for fascists instead of... Right, leftists. exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> right. what what is he doing in Nebraska? Is he doing things in Nebraska or is he kind of quiet? Like, I just, it seems like if there's a bunch of people and if, it, if there's a bunch of people who know him on campus, that it would, it would set up sort of a safety hazard. If, 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 right. if I was running the place and it's like, Hey, there's a bunch of people here who know this guy is, I mean, he sounds high ranking to me he doesn't sound yeah, like yeah. a bottom I mean, if he, he was just some loser that like if he was just some loser that like works at a movie theater and posts racist things on youtube then i would be like ah, oh, you know whatever but this guy sounds right. sounds like he this guy sounds like he's like a, he's a mover and a shaker in the nazi community yeah no definitely and i mean like okay so like like the, the newest thing that's kind of happened uh, like we were in dialogue with the university for like six months, and they were just they continually blew us off. But then um, I would say uh, at this point it's probably been like almost a month, like like or so. He got in this um, group, like this Google Live chat thing that was like all of these like um, white nationalist organizers from around the country. There was a skinhead from San uh, San Diego or San Francisco. There was a it was hosted by um, someone who is like heads up Identity Dixie, which is like the the like uh, Southern like Confederate like chapter of Identity Europa, and so it was all these guys like talking about like organizing and shit like that, and they kind of put the link out to like uh, white supremacists, but um, we ended up watching like getting a hold of it and watching it, and it's just this live chat, and he's like actively like bragging about being the most active white nationalist in the Nebraska area. He's uh, bragging about how he wants, like, like he, he says, like, explicitly, like, I want to be violent. I want to be really violent. Trust me. And I did he, see like, that. This video was put out by, uh, like, Antifa Nebraska, like, put together, like, a, like, a short, like, synopsis of all of the worst parts and put that out. So it's on Antifa Nebraska's uh, YouTube, if anyone wants to watch kind of, like, the short version of it. Um, but he, like, talks about, like, wanting to kill, like, a Nigerian co-worker in this, like, live chat thing. He talks, like, and, I mean, he was photographed beating someone in Charlottesville with a mag light, like, a big-ass flashlight. And uh, it turned out that that person, like, went up there with clergy to, like, pray in Charlottesville. And, like, they ended up getting into, like, a tussle with these, like, nationalists and fucking... Like he's beating this guy with a goddamn mag light. Yeah, I've actually. Um, I, he, I I didn't see. You said you saw the video, Brent. I did see the story. I don't know how it came to me. Just I do the street fight social media stuff, so people send us a lot of things, and I I saw the screenshots where he was saying he thinks that they need to be ready for violence and prepare for it, and that he he like yeah he did say that. Believe me, I want it to be a lot more violent. Is what he said. <laughs> Something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he, like, when he was hanging out in Tennessee, uh, he was hanging out with Adam Waffen, like, the entire time. Which, yeah, those uh, fuckers. I don't know, the... for anyone who's not aware, Adam Waffen is, like, a, a, like, Nazi group that's only, like, 80 members wide, but um, they've, like, five of them have been... Uh, like convicted with murder in the last year. Yeah, there's been um, lots like, of links to them with uh, to some of the other shootings too, and people have spent time there or were members 
Um, we don't, you know, the press doesn't really do their due diligence on that stuff, but I've seen some Antifa reports, uh, about it. Right. And he, like, he made a list of, like, 13 individual people who kind of, like, took aim at him and, like, said he was going to go fucking Kerner Diaries on them and, like, was encouraged, like, put all their information out, you know, doxed a bunch of people and, like, were encouraging, like, other white nationalists to, like, you know, mess with them and, like, try to get them, like, you know fired or, like, to go and confront them and cause violence with them. I mean, so the kid, like, is, he, he's, like, shameless, you know, and, like, he's blatantly, like, proud of, like, this violence, and he's armed. Like, he has, like, he has weapons. And uh, so basically, like, this video came out, we, it was presented to the university um, and was like, hey, we've been talking to you about this for six months now. Uh, this is, like, the real shit, like, he's, he's blatantly bragging about it, he's blatantly talking about it, like, here's this video, I, like, we're gonna give you, like, a week, you know, to, like, do something about this, or we're gonna put this video out there and show the, show the whole, like, world, the university specifically, just, because they literally weren't even, like, letting their students, who have to be around this fucking guy every day, they weren't even letting them know about, this threat, this like active threat, it's like a real so threat like, too. Deserve- when you say when yeah. you, I think when you say active threat, sometimes when we do these sorts of actions, uh, I think people think, oh well, he's probably not really a threat. But now you're looking at like things like these school shootings and things like that, and you're on a college yeah. campus. There, there are, there have been things that have happened, and it sounds like. I mean, I'll just say this. Columbus is a, a, um, a big football school. And every year after the Michigan game or after the championship game, there are riots. And now people will light couches and shit on fire. And those kids all get expelled. And a lot of them go to jail for breaking. Yeah. Th- these are things that don't happen on campus is, is what right. I'm trying to say. Like, So right. if, the, if this university is acting like this – isn't some like they can't do anything because it's not ha- happening there that's bullshit because they would do that to any yeah. rowdy kid that was acting crazy after a riot or something yeah kids are getting kicked out for like smoking weed or something but like then they're gonna let this like active violent armed white nationalist like walk around ca- campus and like give them a four-year education so what what are you just, uh what are you so what are the next steps for uh what what y'all are planning cuz I, I I honestly I'm going to I'm going to be serious. I I worry about I worry about things like this cuz he's he's not the only person on that campus that has these right. sympathies. And Right. It, I mean they can do things. Like he's a guy that wants to be more violent. And these people have the resources. It's not like you. It's not like you can protect yourself when you're on a campus. You know, uh, right. the good guy with a gun isn't allowed to do that on campus. Isn't allowed to have right. it, which is you know probably good. But bad guys. This is the type of guy that could come in and really take advantage of that sort of thing and 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 do some real damage. That that's really, I mean, that really scares the shit out of me that this is happening. Yeah, and I mean, the whole thing, like, it's just so, like, to me personally, like, and just everyone who I know has been, like, working on this work very diligently for, like, six months now, like, the most, like, one of the most frustrating things about it to me is, like, it's this institution that has, like, all of this power and all of this money and a fucking police force behind it, you know, like, there's, like, a full police force on campus, and 
they like they have all of the ability to do something about this to step up and like stand for the right thing this one time but instead like people like 20 a bunch of 24 year old kids and like 18 year old kids like going to school and stuff have to have to put like their selves in danger to like try to like strong arm this institution with all of this power into doing the right thing and it's like why are you why like uh, they did these like listening sessions this was these really condescending fucking like they called them listening sessions and they just put a bunch of administration up and like let people just talk to them and then they just you know passive aggressively like uh, blew them off basically but there were a lot of students like a lot of students of color who said you know like i didn't come to this university to teach my administration how to protect me I didn't come to this university to, you know, like, like, the, like this one kid went up there and said, you know, like, look out here, like, look, look out into this room of all of these people, all of these students of color, and like, they're scared. We are scared, and we're telling you we're scared, and you're saying nothing, and like, how, like, how are you going to feel when he acts? And you have to look out, at, and like, you look out at a room like this, and all of these people that, like, are telling you right now that they're scared when they're gone because, like, he shot up the school. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And they, they never have an answer for it. It's always just, like, you know, they, they, they just, like, dodge the, dodge the question or they say, you know, thank you for your input. Well, but they, they're not doing anything, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's what we've learned about America in the last few years is they really cherish those white supremacist rights. Like, they put those above everybody else. Uh, those right. those people get protected. Dude, and, and listen, nobody, none of these people are asking for this guy to be arrested for, like, thought crime or anything like that. Right. They're saying, get him out of here. He's a threat. We need to be watching out for this person. That's right. what they're and saying. Like the, You're not even trying to take, like, yes, you're trying to take college away from him, but he doesn't deserve college, pretty much. I mean, he is a danger. He's a right. threat. He's a problem. I hope he doesn't kill us. That makes me Dude, scared. Well, and, like, there, there's this, like, intense, like, like I, there's this history to this whole thing. So, like, six months ago, or, like, about a year ago now, I guess, um, TPUSA was on campus, and they were... They had like a booth and they were handing out like posters that said like socialism sucks and like white like I don't know TPUSA bullshit and uh, this grad student and lecturer was walking by and ended up getting in like an argument with them and ended up like flipping them off and calling them neo-fascists and the like two or like a bunch of state senators wrote letters to the university saying that they were like that they were creating a hostile environment for conservative students and that conservative students didn't have a voice on the campus and they were being smothered by quote like liberal like i don't even know what you know liberal education and uh so they ended up like firing that um that grad student and taking that grad student's like like job away because she, she was a lecturer and then also taking her education away for the rest of her grad program and it's like you're willing to fire someone for calling some neo-fascists neo-fascists but you're not willing to you know actually like expel an active violent like armed white nationalist like nazi who's proud of it you know that's wild yeah i mean that's a that's a hell that's a horrible situation it is, and, and yes they will get rid of a radical leftist in a second you know for any kind of oh you know 
some riot happens after some kind of an action and all the all the anarchists go to jail and are kicked out of school but this guy's just allowed to organize this dude is allowed to organize on they're allowing a nazi to organize for what amounts to a gang on campus he is they're letting him recruit for a gang that's what this is right and he's like going around and he's posting like he got kicked out of Vanguard America, and he was in Jesus. Identity Europa for a short amount of time, and he actually got booted from that, too, because he's just, he pisses off as many fascists as he does fucking, uh, as he does leftists, honestly. Like, he's just a loudmouth, and he's, a, like, a hair trigger, and, like, he, he, like, has made tweets about, like, becoming a lone wolf, like, literally, quote-unquote, like, calling himself a lone wolf and shit. And so, like, he pissed all these people off, but when he was in Identi- Identity Europa, he was, uh, he was, like, covering the goddamn campus and identity Europa flyers and people had to go take them the fuck down. Right. And like, I mean, it's not like the university continues to try to like change the conversation into one of like, uh, like it's like a philosophical discussion or like a free speech discussion. But it's like, if he was just talking all this shit, it would be different. Like it would be problematic, but like we wouldn't be hosting fucking rallies. You know, you wouldn't have to host, like, listening sessions if it was just his ideas. But the thing is, is, like, he's actually been violent, and he plans on being violent again. And you he's know, like, been, a lot of that video... He's, he's been to all of the things where all of the violences happen. He shows yeah, up, he has, and he's there. He has there. pictures with David Duke. He has pictures with Matthew Heimbeck. Like, he's, he's hanging out and, like, rubbing shoulders with, like, major white nationalists. And the kid is, like fucking 22 years old or something you know what i mean like and he said he like tweeted one day and was like uh you know like i've I've done this i've done this i've done this i've done this and i I don't even have my degree yet wait until i get my phd like he's planning you know he's methodical about this and he has plans well is there anything that somebody from outside of the university can do obviously if you're at the university uh there is a twitter uh, that is dealing with this sort of thing called uh oh great I clicked on Facebook instead of Twitter like that means <laughs> every UNL time you and L against hate where y- if you're at that school you can find out where the organizing has happened is there anything people can do from outside of the school do you think yeah um so I guess like I mean there's not a lot like it's 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 been really difficult like unfortunately the university has been really successful at utilizing some like student groups and uh just to placate like everyone and try to like stifle everyone's like like anger and try to make it like make them feel better about it i guess um and so like there's a little bit of steam dying so we need to definitely like keep keep the like the feet of the university to the fire so if you um want to call the student affairs office it's 402-472-2021 that's 402-472-2021. Or you can email them at studentconduct at unl.edu. And um, that's, like, the biggest thing people can do from outside. And just to spread the word and make sure, like, there's a really great Newsweek article that was written about it um, by uh, someone with the last name Hayden. There's uh, some really good, um, like, ESPN covered it because, like, our – like the the basketball team like did like a, a demonstration and stuff so just like sharing those articles around and like letting people um you know just become aware of the situation and try to keep pressure on the university is like definitely the biggest thing right now yeah i'll go ahead and um we'll try to raise hell on twitter and tag them a whole bunch and get people to bother the shit out of them if we can but uh thanks for calling yeah, in and, and awesome. giving us an update on the situation i mean you know uh it's it, 
The thing is, is that you guys aren't trying to run a lynch mob or anything. You're trying to handle this situation in a way that, you know, one person is making hundreds of other people uncomfortable. And it seems like the solution is to get rid of the one person. And, and, um, I mean, they're just totally working against that. And, uh, I think that, I don't, I think it can be flipped the right way. This seems like maybe something that public opinion in a, a real good smear campaign could actually help. Well, now's the time, I think. This is, I mean, you called on a perfect kind of time because I think that pointing this sort of thing out now is probably the best. This is maybe a prime time to get some action on this sort of thing after what happened in Orlando this week. And, uh, I, you know, I just make sure you say, 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 oh my God, stay safe. I hit my packs like during this call. So now I'm stoned. <laughs> no, don't blame it on the drugs. You dummy. <laughs> well, I, I want you to make sure you stay safe. Keep us updated on this thing. And, uh, we will do what we can to get the word out about this. This, it, this really scared. This is the sort of thing that, you know, sometimes I think maybe getting somebody fired isn't the best solution. I don't feel bad for them when they get fired, but maybe, you know, they're just harmless dorks. But this is one of those times where this guy seems like he's really, he's the type of person we should be keeping tabs on. This is somebody that should be pushed hard against by everybody. Like, please stop what you're doing. (laughs) You know, stop going down this path. Find something better to do with your time. Uh, So thanks thanks for calling in. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I will, yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for letting me call and talk to you all for a, for a little while. I like listening to the show all the time, so it's been awesome to chat with you guys. Awesome. We'll make it out there at some point, too. Jesus, you will just promise not, the world not to 2018. anybody. Not 2018. Maybe, maybe 2018. Nebraska in 2018. Well, I want to do a I want to do a long road trip. I feel like we should get that whole swath of the Midwest in like one week during I, the summer. I feel like you make me the heel, and then I just am like I can't be the heel. Like I I just so badly want to be liked. You're like we're coming to Nebraska, and I'm like we're not coming to Nebraska, and you're like okay maybe not this year, and I'm like whoa don't like be yeah, shattered. Don't give up that easy. We'll <laughs> Fight me on it a little bit. <laughs> Well, hey, I, I really thank you so much for calling. Yeah, that was good. And call us back if if anything changes or if you need any help. You know, you know how to get a hold of me, and uh, I will make sure to I, I'll make sure to we'll, get any word out that we can get out. Whatever we'll power some we online, have, yeah, yeah. We'll see what we can do. Uh, th- thank you for calling Street Fire Radio. Who are we talking to? Hi, um, this is Amanda, and I'm from Iowa, Iowa City. We're coming. We're coming to Iowa sometime. Please, we don't have it booked. Please, please. We're well, making it. Ha- you know what? You know what, Amanda? We know what it's like to live somewhere where people don't come, right? So Cleveland and Cincinnati. Exactly. And if Cleveland you and imagine coming from a town that's even smaller than Iowa City, like it's hell. <laughs> well, we. Columbus is in the middle of the state, so it's not super convenient for people who are traveling through the Midwest to get to. So they usually hit Cleveland or Cincinnati because there's another place right around there where we can hit. So we know what it's like. We're yeah. coming. Yeah, we, we're, I mean, we get a little more, obviously. but We're going to do the underserved tour, I think. This is going to be this summer. I want to go to Nebraska. I want to go to Iowa. You totally we get, Yeah. Uh, well, we heard the guy that you talked to from Iowa City last week. A few weeks ago, I don't know, but uh, yeah, you guys definitely have some fans around here, so you should come check it out. Yeah, I want to. I bet there's good food there. 
I'll bet. I'm hoping there's weed. That guy told us he'd make sure we had. And weed. I have no weed hookups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there's got to well, be. We can do it on the. Of... This is a road trip, though. I mean, I'll bring my own. <laughs> Don't say that stuff on the air. That's what gets us in trouble. Okay. We're gonna have a bunch of weed in the car when we come to Iowa City. <laughs> We're bringing the weed. So what's going so, on? Do you guys want to hear a kind of shitty work story? More oh, than anything them. after the depressing stuff we've talked to for 43 minutes. So, yes, <laughs> for real. I know, I know. Um, all right, well, here it goes. So I'm a waitress at a local sports bar, and it's a pretty popular destination for locals. We get a lot of regular people. Um, so we had a fundraiser what's today, Sunday, we had a fundraiser on Friday night for a former co-worker that has a, you know, a disease, and we're trying to raise money for her, and, you know, of course, everybody's, you know, down to work and donate to this cause, you know, it's a really big community thing. Yeah, easy to do. Yeah, so we first heard of the event, and we heard that the servers, I'm a server, we were going to donate all cash tips. You know, so we still get to keep, so we still get to keep the credit card tips that like people charge to a credit card, but like all cash tips, we were told we're like, you know, supposed to donate that. And, you know, of course I was like, word, like that's not a bad deal. Like, you know, as long as I, you know, get to keep some of my tips, like I'm down to donate for a good cause. You know, I have a heart. So, uh. More than I do, because I, <laughs> those are my wages right there. I'll donate what I decide to I donate. Know, and, it's my, and it's my only job, and, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, get by on just serving. So, um, but then something changed. Um, a couple, I think a week before we had the event, I heard it got changed to uh, all tips. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, oh, so which is it? Is it cash tips or is it all all of our tips? Yeah, is it working um, for free or am I just going to go home with a little bit? I, I mean, like, you know, I'm still getting paid, you know, hourly, which is only 606 um, where I work at the place that I work at. Um, so I pretty much, you know, count on tips to get me by, obviously. And... You know, working for free for one day isn't going to break my bank. You know, it's not going to, like, break my pocket, and I know that. But still, I don't I don't feel comfortable working completely for free. And also, and, and but, but the, it's focused on donations. So donations aren't, you know, they're not compulsory. You know, you, yeah. you should be forced to, to, to donate cash tips when you're already working for less than minimum wage like am i wrong am i a crazy person no i've never i've been to fundraisers before and like the people get paid but then they also like donate a portion of whatever the meal costs or you they pass around they pass around a bucket full of cash i would never in my life imagine that the people were just that regular folks Thank were working you. for free today. Why? What? Can I? I mean, it's why like in it, addition to my meal, I'm going to no, give no, money. On, there's more. There's there's a couple more parts of the situation. So people were like, of course, like, is there a donation jar? We're like totally down to 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 donate. So you had an option to, I guess, either tip your server or to go up to the cash, you know, jar and donate money. Also, ten percent of all restaurant sales like total sales were going towards her donation as well 
So there was no shortage of money being donated, you know? <laughs> like, I gotta, like, I gotta say, take the 10%, they should have just done 50% or whatever. And take the, the, you know what? The restaurant can take the loss. Why would the wait, waiters and waitresses take the loss? That seems crazy exactly. to me. Yo, thank you so much because my uh, co-workers and even my boss, so my thing is like people are assuming that I didn't donate all of my tips just because I asked, is it, you know, which is it? Which I don't think that's fair either necessarily, but like of course somebody asking is going to put ideas in their head. No, so, that's how they keep you, know, you in control. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Exactly. I, I was a person that I know, always exactly. asked, if you ask for clarity on something, they're like, uh-oh, we got a troublemaker here. <laughs> Uh-oh, we got a sinner. Like, it's the- horrible. So, so you know, over, the, like, the last week, you know, word got passed around that, ooh, Amanda's not down uh-huh. to donate all of her tips. And, you know, and so the, I'm, quote, friends with this one girl who's really close to the manager. And then my manager heard about it. And she's, you know, a very nice manager. She's a She's wonderful. She's caring. You know, she, you know, gets you as many shifts as, you know, she can get you. Like, you know, she's a great manager, but her conflict resolution skills, my Lord, they are not good. Well, can um, I just say that, like, great managers always have bad conflict resolution skills? I think that's how they (laughs) excel because they can just leave behind a mess and not worry about it. Or, like, they can just leave you in a ball of confusion, and then the upper management likes that. Well, I would be a good manager, and I hate conflict. You would. I know. I hate conflict. You'd hide in your office all week and shit. (laughs) Or they can leave it to your coworkers to make you feel like shit and don't bring it up. True. So is that what they did to you? So she kind of told the other coworkers, well, Amanda's not down with this. I know y'all really want to help this person with this cancer or whatever, but, like... Amanda thinks it sounds like bullshit, really, to me. <laughs> so, okay, so I go into my shift Friday morning, and it's like an all-day, all-night event, you know, cool. Shit! And, uh, Wait, I just got to stop you right there. All day and all... So, we're at a sports bar. What time you open the sports bar? Uh, 11 a.m., and we close the bar at midnight. From 11 a.m. to midnight, they got all the tip. They took everybody... They didn't even put it... I, my mind is Bro. blown that they didn't even put it in, like a di- like the dinner rush. Like I'm just I'm blown away by this. Yeah, I was gonna say once again. So, I've, I've been to plenty of fundraisers myself, and they usually just say once again from five to eight or whatever it is. These are the times we're gonna go and rush this place and raise a whole bunch of money. Um, I would never put the impetus on the people that are serving us. So it's either volunteer. It's either someone that like willingly volunteers. Or someone that is doing their regular job. I think you're so right. Yeah. I think you're so right to bring up concern. I can't believe that there's any. Is there anybody that's on your side at work, or is it just like everybody's Dude. like a uh, cheap Yo, old Amanda? Yes. <laughs> Listen. Yes. Okay. So, um, so my boss pulled me aside that morning, and she pulled me and the other girl who was also serving that um, during the AM with me, and she was like. Hey guys, just so you know, I heard that people have, you know, a little bit, con- you know, some concern about all tips, but it's, you know, it's up to you if you, you know, choose to donate. But I just know that, you know, our friends would really, really appreciate it, you know, if you, you know, took your time and your money, you know, and put it towards her just for one day. Dude, that and is. My coworker was like, oh, 
<laughs> you oh, know, like, and I'm that just is like, I'm down to donate for the cause. You know, don't get me wrong, but like, I have, you know, like, I'm bills. Bills? You have bills? No, to pay? <laughs> <laughs> That's a real squirrely ass move, too. I kind I mean, I have to say, as far as right? ba- so, as far as bad management goes, that is successful. Um, that is a really good maneuver because you're telling people all week long, oh no, we're going to give up, you know, we're going to give up just some of the tips. Then we're going to give up all the tips. And then you wait until the day of right before you're about to clock in and you're just like, oh, uh, well, do you want to give all your tips or not? And it's like, you yeah. know, that's so unfair. That's so unfair because they're, they're putting you on the spot. Um, to talk about something which is your livelihood, how you get paid and all of that, and they're just putting you right on the spot when you've been told something all week long. You know, had they told, had had they been forward and said the servers will be no- donating some or all of their tips um, and it's up to them, you would have been prepared going into that situation to say, like, well, I'm ready to donate $50 or I'll donate my first $100, whatever it may be, but you were going in there expecting it was getting taken anyways. You were just trying to go to go along to get along and then they hit you with like this option to pull out of it which you know you've already seen by the behavior of everybody else is going to be weaponized against you literally exactly okay and yes there was one girl on my side like a girl who i'm really good friends with friends with i love her to death she but and like we talked about it before she went in she's like honestly like i think it's bullshit that we have to donate all of our tips and then she ended up caving anyway and like there were girls who worked during the evening who made two hundred and fifty dollars, you know, a hundred and fifty dollars, and they gave it all up. And the bartenders raised over a thousand dollars in tips alone the entire night. That's unreal. And you know what the the thing about serving too that I know is you go on Monday and Tuesday and you leave with like $35 in your pocket and yes. you're only waiting for Friday and Saturday. The only reason to serve on a Monday or a Tuesday is so that you get Friday or Saturday. Like those are where all the money comes from. This is, I feel yeah. I want to I want to say solidarity with I want to make I want to print up solidarity with Amanda t-shirts and get oh there God, and stand outside. I to- I 100% agree. I I listen, I don't think that they sh- I understand that this person needs help. I don't think that they should be taking anybody's tips. To the business takes the hit for these things. That's what philanthropy is. That's what altruism is. It's not I'm going to take these people that are stuck here and get them in an uncomfortable situation <laughs> and tell them I'm taking exactly. all their tips. That, like they should have like, they should have called like I'm, if anything, if anything, couldn't they have just individually called you into an office and been like, "Do you want to give your tips well, no. by yourself and then not tell anybody?" Like th- this is and confidential. Like, there's no confidential there's there's no confidentiality between like the management and some of the coworkers there. It's like they're you know they're all just like really buddy buddy because you know some people have been there longer than others than others. And I get being friends, but like it's another thing to like talk about something in private with your manager and then like have it they and then have you and then have it used against you for like you know like the next week and people are always going to be like trying to like talk shit about you when like you're not there because you know it's an all female waitstaff and you know. I love some of these girls to death, but, like, girls talk, you know, it's just a thing that happens, and I can live with that, and, uh, but, like, um, it was just, 
I, like I feel very uh, yeah, that's uncomfortable a... at work now because I know people are like fiending to talk about what happened with me and my tip. Well, yeah, like, I would be talking, no- Amanda. I would be talking about you to tell you the truth. I mean, <laughs> me standing there like, can you believe how only, cheap she I'm is with her only, tips? I'm the only person who like thought something, stood up for myself in my own way, and like went with my like. Like, I thought about this for, like, three or four days. I was like, you know, I think I understand the repercussions of, like, when people find out that I didn't donate all my tips. Like, at the end of the night, I donated, like, 50% of my tips, 46%. But, like, that was what I truly, honestly felt comfortable with. You're allowed to not – you you don't have to give. You just – if a business is doing a fundraiser, the business pays for this. Is I've never heard anything like this either. I mean, and I know the type Me of place you, I know the type of place you work at because I've worked at a lot of restaurants like that where it's like everybody's friends. Like I used to work at this golf course in a clubhouse, and all of my friends worked there, and everybody was friends. But as soon as one of us wasn't at work. They were like, this dude's a problem. I mean, he sucks. He doesn't carry yeah. his end of the deal. You know what I mean? And there wasn't any confidentiality. And you would you would go deal with the bosses, and then the bosses would talk to the other bosses, and it would just get back around. And and like, oh, that is. To- I mean, I'm gonna. I'm straight like- up. That's a toxic work environment to take your money like that. I feel and you're honestly, there to work to honestly- make money. It just makes me want to quit a little bit, but I don't want to give in over some, like, you know, <laughs> petty girls are, like, talking about me behind my back. Like, I'm way bigger than that, and, like, I don't understand why they can't just, like, leave me alone about making my own confident and educated decision about what I felt comfortable doing. Like, why the fuck are you all up screwing with my head? And I realized that, like... That's just what people are trying to do, so I need to move past it. Yeah, but, like, I mean, there's nothing more alienating, oh, uh, alienating than thinking for yourself. <laughs> there's, that's yeah, like you got I you got punished. Like, for, you got punished for independent thought, Amanda, because <laughs> everybody else was ready to just roll out. Like, this well, is this is America, land know, of the I, free, right? This let is me what just, we. This is how we get medical procedures done in this country. And I'm gonna say that Amanda is not the only person at that restaurant that complained about it. They didn't go to the boss, but you go home to your 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 partner, your significant other, and you're like, they're taking all my exactly. damn tips Friday. Everybody was mad about it. You're not the... It's You were not the only person that was mad about it. You were the only person that had the guts to do something about it. Facts. Thank you. You know, and like my boyfriend, he's sitting right here with me. We are such big fans of your show. He actually put me on to you guys, but like he was telling me like, you should call in the free fight. He was telling me you should definitely call in, but I'm just so happy that you guys took my call and that you guys are like with me on this because it just it just feels really good to know that I'm not a fucking crazy person or a bitch or anything. Like I'm just, you know, having a rational, independent thought. I'm sorry if you stupid girls can't handle it. Like no, I, I'm I don't some know. yeah. I mean. I I, I mean, I love to give. I really do love, um, you know, the extra money that comes in from doing Street Fight now that we have. I really do like to give charitably when I can. Um, but I still remember those times in my life when I'm like, I don't have a fucking cent to spare. You know, like I'm already spent. My next paycheck is spent right now. So finding out you're going to take away one of the busiest days of the week from me is just cuts off my legs. Like It's wage theft. 
It, yeah. I mean, to me, it's waged that they gave you a choice, and that's the only way they skirted that line is by giving you a is choice. Is it even legal? Is I it don't even feel legal like it is. Like well, I mean, to I mean, like, like Brian said. From... <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, if they if they gave the option, I guess they can probably say like it was just it was up to the servers, so we didn't exactly take it. We just made a very uncomfortable <laughs> work environment until they gave something. <laughs> Well, we're mad for you, Amanda. We're with you. We stand with Amanda, is is what I will say. Oh, my God. Stand up with Amanda. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And we're coming. We're coming to Iowa. Iowa's definitely happening this year. Brett promised it too many times. So, And I now it, Iowa's built up in my mind as this place that I need to go it's to. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, really, I can't wait. Like, I'm so excited. You know, we're doing New York and New Orleans coming up. But I really think after that, we're going to... In between that and uh, California, because we got to do L.A. and stuff. But I think we're going to try to hit places like Iowa and and stuff like that. And and like we're going to St. Louis is my other one. St. Louis. We're going to try to do like a little tour and hit all of those places at one time. (laughs) Iowa City is definitely ready for you guys. And you will see me there and my boyfriend there for sure. That's two tickets sold right there. That's that's all I need. That's the first tank of gas. Thanks for calling, Amanda. I'm really mad on your behalf, and I probably won't stop thinking about this for the rest of the night. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. I'll hit you guys up on Twitter. Thank you for having me. What's what's that? Uh, what's your name on there? Oh, my Twitter name? Yeah. It's um, Amanda, and then there's two extra A's, L-A-M-E, Amanda right. Lamb. Amanda Lamb. I just followed yeah. you. <laughs> All right, am I, oh my it's God. taking a minute here? Okay, I'm here. I'm I'm following you right now. Follow Amanda Lame. All right, thank you. Have a good cool. one. Thank you, guys. I think it was Lamb. It's L A M E. Oh, Lame. Perfect. Yeah. Even this better. The right per- Lames was, are better than lambs. What a call. What a yeah. That's what tough, a man. Situation, dude. That's one that I would definitely. <laughs> I think that like I mean I have a real callous nature. Um, when it comes to emotional stuff, but that's one that I would have immediately sent. Like, is this involuntary? Are you taking my money, or can I not pay? You would. You're a smart dude, and you're you're not afraid of the conflict that that would that would occur because of that. No, I, th- like Oof. if you're just coming out here to guilt everyone to give it, or are you going to make me do it? Like, which one is it? You know, I need to know what what kind of work environment i'm now i mean that does change things up you know i mean that really does like i know she said she felt like she wants to quit i mean she could probably ride it out and be fine but it does feel like now you are going to work every day knowing that they might switch it up on you in some weird way you know yeah and seeing those sides of your manager is like i don't want to deal with this lady anymore she's such a conniver yeah, yeah, your manager your manager has probably stops liking you. You know? Yeah. That becomes the issue. Oh, uh, this like, is well, this we is a were rough. we were trying to raise money and just have it be a big harmonious thing. And then Amanda, you know, she started asking <laughs> questions, said she had a car payment or something, but you know, people have bills other people have health care bills. Dude, she she really seriously can't buy anything and tell them anytime soon that's true that's true (laughs) you're right (laughs) she comes in with a new chloe bag they're like oh that's interesting because you didn't even give all your tips yeah Catherine told me well and that's all they're going to talk about for a month that is going to be the talk like that is a permanent stain 
on her That's record. True. That but people are going to be jealous. It's also out of jealousy. They're like, damn, I wish I had the bravery that Amanda did. <laughs> I know. I know. I wish I could go buy me some new makeup. <laughs> she's a brave. She's brave. She really is. I mean, I wouldn't have done it. I would have just given my tips, and I would have been mad, and I would have com- complained to you and my wife and everybody else. That's- I didn't even think about it because when I put myself in the driver's seat, I would have been saying something, but you were right. I just imagined you like taking your shirt off and just like throwing it against the wall and like cussing to Katie. <laughs> like, well, they took all the damn tips. <laughs> Who the hell knows if we're going to make it through the weekend? <laughs> yeah, a Friday night, dude. I know that's what I was saying. Like, okay, like I know people that are serving on a Tuesday that make $28. They go home like losing money, right? Only because Friday night happens, and that's when you make the big bucks. Right. When I was getting tips at the at the diner, I was making like nine dollars a day. But then on Friday, everybody goes out to lunch, and I would usually get to take home twenty bucks, which is doesn't. But that is what, <laughs> that's what, double, man. What I'm saying, but yeah, but that comes out of a tip jar. If you are a person who hands the person the bill, and they write in the tip, it's you're we're, you're on a Friday night. You're probably looking at a hundred dollars, maybe. It's not some small of ma- amount of money, and like a person that is making minimum wage and tips shouldn't be expected to donate that much money. Like that's a lot of money, and they wouldn't do that in a- any normal time. It really, it, it like obviously, universal health care is the solution to something like this. But uh, even then, even once we have, if we had universal health care, Brett. Pe- Bosses are still going to pull this scam on for all different sorts. There's all oh, small businesses are always raising money. There's always a jar on the counter of any small business to raise some money. Yeah, yeah. I quit eating at a pizza place because they were raising money for a cop. A pizza place that I loved. Yeah, they were great. Let's uh, see who's on the line here. Who wants to talk to Street Fight tonight? Thank you for calling. Who are we talking to? Hey guys. How's it going? It's Erica. Hey, Erica, did you hear that last thing, that last call? I was, like, coming in and out. Uh, so was it just, like, was her boss ma- made her give up all of Friday night's tips? <laughs> yep. For, for, what, like, a charity? <laughs> for that, a Yeah, fundraiser? that's fucked up. That's no. not... That's not uncommon. That's just not uncommon. So what happened was they told her that it was just going to be the cash tips, and then they told her it was going to be all the tips. But then on the day of, right before she clocked in, they said, well, you don't have to give all your tips. It's up to you. You can decide now. So they waited. Yeah, if it was just cash tips, that, like, maybe that wouldn't be as big a deal because so many people pay. Like, there, I get more tips now from card than anything else, but holy shit. Well, it's just, it's just you're not <laughs> in control. I mean, you're just not getting it. You're not in control. I mean, I think it's up to the individual person to say, like, Hey, I made I made twenty bucks extra tonight. Let's throw it. You know, I can throw it towards this. I mean, you should be in the making those decisions. Card tips are never that. Card tips, I I feel like are a lot for me at least. Uh, I just went to. <laughs> we'll bleep it. Uh, what? We'll bleep it on the on the thing. Brett's looking at the time right now. I went to buy stuff from Erica. And but actually, I'm not even saying anything bad about the company. I went there to eat, and it was good. <laughs> um, but I went there, and I bought uh, I bought stuff for my wife for Valentine's Day, and I bought my kid something because you can't take a teenager anywhere without buying them something. And uh, as best if it's like a frozen frozen drink. Yeah, and I reached in my wallet, and all I had was like fives. And I, I so I th- I threw a five in the tip jar, but then I have this thing in my brain 
that then when you hand me the receipt and it has a tip line, if I don't write money in there too, <laughs> it doesn't count. Like the person will be like, oh, you're scuzz. So I wrote in like a dollar. So the cash tips, I think I would lean towards saying cash tips generally tend to be a little more than uh, credit card tips. I, I think you, you don't think so. You think the credit card tips are usually more both of you guys. It, for us, I, th- I think it's probably the card tips more. Um, I love doing it on the card because you can put any amount you want, man. Like sometimes I'll just be feeling yeah. good. And I'm like, let's let's uh, make the server have a real good night tonight. <laughs> well, for us, though, it's because I feel like people just don't leave money on the table as much. Because we're we're not like a, a sit down place where a server comes and like waits on you. I feel like a so jar, like though, just- a jar... A jar work, man, you know, I'm saying that jars work really well, but at the place that I, the last restaurant I worked at, I, like I just said, I came home with usually four to $8 a day out of that thing. So maybe the jar doesn't work as well as I think it works on me. Like my brain is like, there's a tip jar there. I need to make sure that I put enough i think i don't want to just drop change in there that there's no worse feeling yeah. than them hand like they'll hand you back three fives and 75 cents and you're standing there like oh my god <laughs> what am i gonna do yeah, that's something that and listen this is whatever back in my day i used to hang out at strip clubs a decent amount and anytime you buy something at a strip club they give you all your change back in ones that is something that regular like restaurants could learn. Too. They've been doing that. <laughs> they don't do that in any rest at any of the places. Are I you go. serious? No, no I they're a bad server. Happen. If you're a good server and someone gets ten dollars back, you give them a five and five ones. You give them the option. Oh, I I like there. There will be a lot of times where I'm almost through with the transaction. Like I'm I'm on the last button. I need to click on the iPad and everything's done. And then just, like, an old woman will be, like, digging through her coin purse. She's like, wait, no, I've got the change for that to, like, make it exact. And I'm like, oh, like, come the fuck on. Like, there'll be, like, a line, and they'll want to, like, pull that bullshit. So, the, yeah, <laughs> they'll they'll give me, um, like, the exact change. Let's say it's, like, 15 cents. They give me a dime and a nickel. And I just, I'll, I'll just give them back, like, three, four, do- four, four nickels to make up for two dimes. Well, there's a (laughs) yeah, that's really petty. There's a there's a type of but there is a type of person, and I I I'm sure you've you've been around them before that are like they're really mad about tip jars. Like, have you met people like that, Brett? That are just like they're just like everybody has a damn tip jar now. They're just expecting money from me no matter what. Oh, I get takeout. I gotta pay a tip. So there are people that are probably purposely letting you know, like you don't deserve a tip because you didn't wait on me. I'm the opposite. I'm always at oh. a place like, where's the tip jar around here? Like, why don't you guys turn out here asking for extra money for your service? Oh, no, we routinely just, like, we'll have a $60 check with, like, food and drinks and shit, no tip. Because I think it's, like, a cafe, so people just, like, don't... I can't tell if it's, like, we they don't think to tip or if they just don't want to, but... Man, Valentine's Day... Brian, you came in on Valentine's Day. It was... That was fucked up. Like, it, a bunch of people were, like, pre-ordering, like, a bunch of shit. And that stuff takes time, and we're... It's, like, a pretty small building, so it's, like, eight people crowded around this, like, one-foot-wide little hallway trying to make boxes and candy Uh. and shit that were, like, $70. Like, they would come in, and it's, like, okay, no tip. 
for like I, this well, huge that's thing. Not, I took I'll, a bunch of prep time. I'll say this. I looked at your tip jar before I put that five in there, and there was probably $9 in there. <laughs> and I felt yeah, bad. So no, I was like, we, this is we, going. And we made, <laughs> we probably had like 90 transactions, because it, it'll say on the ticket when you print it how many transactions you have. We, we easily had like. 90 by the time that you came in and typically we only have like at that time of the day like like 25 well that's what um I, i'm sure have you you read that uh the story about that woman they got fired for complaining about the church that didn't tip no but uh, that's that hilarious because sunday sunday church people are like they they don't even know what like tipping is they, they're the most they're the pettiest like worst people to have in the restaurant well, business. I could they're, corroborate they're, that. My wife worked at Red Lobster and had the same experience. Well, they're kind of. I mean, they're, yeah, they're rude. They're kind of like the uh, boss at that diner, and that they already took your tips and gave it to somebody else. The church. <laughs> they did just. Yeah, take that's what your they. Would, that's what they would like to believe. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, what happened is this woman set up this entire carryout order for a church that was over seven hundred dollars. And they received no tip on it. And she went on her Facebook and complained. And somebody was like, really? They didn't do that to you? And she and, and they asked the church. And so the church called her work, and she got fired because of it. And what was interesting to me, at least the part that like I thought about the most, was she mentioned that like the majority of my job these days, she works at like one of these like Applebee's or to-go places. She's like, the majority of my job today is just packing up items for these to-go orders or for these pre-orders online folks do grubhub or whatever it is but like that's what my job is they don't tip they don't tip exactly and yeah and yeah. they, they, they think tip like, the driver they tip the driver or, but even mobile pickup though i mean you have now you have all those special parking places where you roll up with the app and they bring out your orders and people are like well i didn't pay for a sit-down service so i don't have to leave any money and it's like what somebody was getting paid you know waitress wages to put this all together, you know, and then didn't get a tip in the end. It's not just that. Okay, so if you do any of those, like, post Postmates or Amazon or Uber Eats or any of that, so let's say that it, it dings on your app that you have an order coming in, you now have to put that order, like, almost at the front of the line because you have no idea when that driver's coming in. So not only, like, are you having to prep the thing just like you would if they sat down, but you might be having to, like, set back a bunch of orders of people who are, like, staring at you Man, in the business, like waiting for their food. Erica, I am that. I am an imperfect person, as I say all the time on this show, an incredibly imperfect <laughs> person. And I get mad when I see that. I, I'll sit and watch those people. I'll sit and watch them like they're doing all this Grubhub shit. And they are, they're, I'm waiting for my, like I get irritated with it. It is a real problem now. It might be time. It's definitely time to start to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour and kill this tipping system. But it might be time to start talking about if we're going to continue doing the tipping, uh, a new uh, new rules for it, a, a new a new culture around tipping, because there are a bunch of people that are doing a lot of work that aren't getting tipped. And I think there is a degree of confusion out there about whether you should tip when you get to go order. And for me, I feel like I have been served. I've been waited on. I took somebody's time away from the people that were sitting in their restaurant and that person deserves something. You know, I need to tip them. It's like saying 
I don't tip the pizza del- like you tip a pol- pizza delivery driver fifteen or twenty percent. I'm I'm like a twenty. I do twenty five percent, so nobody thinks I'm cheap. <laughs> but but like I, I, that is so that's such an incredible like. So are you, are you able to say what I guess you don't want to say what you took home in tips on Valentine's Day? You're probably bu- busiest day of the year. Would you say? Well. Yeah, it's either that or Mother's Day, but um, we haven't gotten them back yet. But it was probably pretty hefty. That's great. Like, just from 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 Valentine's Day, actual people dining out, not from people pre-ordering uh, Valentine's you, Day you, stuff to go. What do you think, as a person who does work in this field? Like, what do you think people should be tipping on to-go orders? What 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 what's your kind of gauge for it? I would think that you would have a. a be the perfect person to ask what what you're supposed to tip on a to-go order i i would say like the full what's like the socially acceptable amount what's like 20 percent or whatever i feel like that like might be overshooting it like as long as you like increase the server's general wages because i make minimum wage on top of tips so i don't i don't like do this like tips making up for my minimum wage thing so i like i'm kind of in like a a better position but at the same time, like, if I'm not actually having to, like, serve you or, like, go fill your water, I could see, like, maybe not the full 20%, but then it's still, like, if you take the time to, like, have to make the food and then... Bag it like, all up. Put, put that all order... Styrofoam, yeah. yeah b- bag it all up and then, like, put it, in, like, in an, in out of order from all the other tickets that you have and kind of, like, set back, like, what you're doing with everything else and, like stop and drop and like have to work on this thing you still have to tip something i'd say like maybe like 10 percent. i say 10 i say 10 sounded good That's i what thought I 15 thinking. i think 15 i i think that 15 percent is not the tip anymore the tip is 20 percent, right sure at the table yeah right do not do 15 percent. there's no earthly reason that you should tip somebody 15 percent unless they punch you in the teeth or something you know, while my, you're sitting at that table my new rule is no never tip less than five dollars too because oh. sometimes I'll be having those twenty dollar Waffle House meals, and I'm like, I'm not going to leave a four dollar tip for somebody. Right. I do twenty five percent, and I think that if you can't afford to tip twenty five percent, you can't afford to go out to eat. Damn, that's the gauntlet. It's true. You don't well, get to sit at a table like and coffees. get table service. You don't get to sit at a table and get table service for less than twenty five percent. You can't afford to go out to eat if you can't do the twenty five percent. You can get it to go. I think to go fifteen percent is great. You know, but you need to be prepared to tip generously when you go to eat at a place where somebody might treat you in a way that deserves a generous tip. It's crazy when people do the calculators, too, and they're like, oh, I'm going to write 362 on this line instead of four dollars. Oh, my God. No, I do the calculator because I'm stupid and I don't know what 25 percent of anything is. And then I round it up to the next whole number or maybe a lot of times I round it up to a five. You know what I mean? So, like, if it's. 36 if, if the tip is like 16 dollars Bra- math i tip Brian. 20 yeah 36 dollar tip but you know what i mean like if so i try to i really try to be as generous as i possibly can but again i don't go out to eat unless i like i don't go out to eat if i if if i can't if, like if i go to a restaurant I usually estimate that it's going to be seventy dollars like every time. This is why I never go out to eat. Yeah, three people is tough to pay for. <laughs> yeah, well, and my wife has this thing where, and this is not me complaining. First of all, she just 
always happens to like the thing that costs the most and she likes cocktails <laughs> and it's like oh this is good like we'll be sitting uh, early on and when we were dating i'd be sitting across from her like oh <laughs> this is getting a little hefty here <laughs> well that's me though because when my wife always is i'm always like oh the eight dollar beer sounds pretty interesting <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst you get appetizers every oh, time brett and i go out to eat for street fight he's like well you want to get some appetizers and i'm like i just want some damn food man no <laughs> i'm I, trying to fuel the machine i want it to be extravagant well yeah my my boyfriend and i went out for like a late valentine's day dinner because we we both worked valentine's day and we like we mentally have to factor in the tips but like i because we neither of us drank so like going out to dinner we didn't realize, like, even we, we went to a pretty nice restaurant somewhere in Victorian Village, and even our bill wasn't that crazy for the both of us. And it's like, oh, we don't drink. Like, we don't flush back, like, $9 glasses of wine. That's why we had, we had glasses of water, so we probably looked like infants for the waiter. But yeah. we left a good tip. You should go on a cruise. Glasses of water. That's, you should have got a pop. What's wrong with you, Erica? Get a pop. I don't drink pop either. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll, drink, I'll get coffee. You? I'm what what I, <laughs> you some kind of like <laughs> what, is this some kind of a new diet where you don't drink anything with flavor? <laughs> I like coffee. I'll get coffee at restaurants. What are you, seventy year old John Wayne? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I don't like. I can't do the fizz. The fizz hurts every time I burp, and because I'm not, I my mom like banned it in the house. I wasn't I wasn't allowed to drink soda. This pe- and pop then is when too I started, spicy. When I had it. It is. It's- yeah, it's when I had it when I was like in my teens for the first time, pretty much, and I would burp, and it's like, oh, my nose is on fucking fire right now. Well, that's a Never feel again. for you. That's the saddest thing I've heard on this show <laughs> ever. And, it, and it's six years doing it, not being able to drink fizzy drinks. I that's what it gets me through every show. <laughs> Two Lacroix and a big cup of water, but the water I can't is do like the Lacroix thing. After the Lacroix, the water's like. Mm, this is kind of boring. This this is boring water. Yeah, I've been I've been struggling with the uh, movie theater because I get the like eighty eight ounce drink and they can let you refill it all the, the whole time you're there. And I just go nuts on that machine. Jesus, dude, <laughs> this is not a problem. I never have this problem. You See, I was raised. Not a problem that I was raised in my wrong. universe. Yeah, because when I we used to just crush like a whole thing of Mountain Dew for like a Friday night. That would just be twenty four pops between two kids hanging out. Playing. Hanging out, fucking filling myself with caffeine and sugar all night. Yeah, my parents used to buy me Jolt Cola on special occasions, where I was like, "It's time for Jolt," and it's that was just as pure syrup running in place. Yeah. Well, Erica, I want to thank you for calling. Now that you say you said ten percent, I'm saying fifteen percent, but I'm gonna cede to you ten percent on a to-go order. Either is fine. Also, Thanks. if your daughter does not personally next time she see me. Tell me how cool I am. Uh, she's just drinking hot water for the rest of her life. She, I'm gonna call Starbucks. She's not. She's just gonna get hot water everywhere she goes. I think she thinks you're super cool, and she's afraid of you. Which you should like a lot more to have a teen girl afraid of you. Because can I tell you something? So I'm playing words with friends on a Friday night on Friday or Saturday night. We're all laying in bed, screwing around on our phones, and I'm playing words with friends, and a commercial comes on. And this thing is so loud. And I'm like, whoa, why? Oh, why is it so loud? I'm sorry, guys. And my daughter is just cracking up. Like, you sound like the oldest person. Like, oh, it's too loud. How do I turn this thing down? 
And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Screw you, man. You're supposed to be afraid of me. <laughs> So she, for the listeners, for the listeners, I, 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 we, we probably got to tell them what happened. Erica came over to my house to pick up some kratom one day, and uh, I was, because you know, of course, I'll hand it out. And so I, ha- I gave, I gave Erica some kratom. My daughter happened to be at the house, and Erica and I talked for about a half hour. We were just kind of hanging out, talking. It's freezing cold outside, and she was walking. So I felt already like, oh, geez, that's got to be terrible. And uh, we're having this conversation. I'm yelling for my daughter, but she's not answering. And then when Erica leaves, she emerges from the basement and she was hiding in the basement the whole time you were there. Cause she was afraid of you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, that just sustained me. I'm going to keep that in my mind on your daughter for a while. I was like, she's like the nicest person and like, she's not intimidating and she's a very nice person. You don't have to worry, but they've met now. She, they met at the uh, at the live show. But God, I just I, it makes me laugh every time. Every time your name comes up, and every time we see you, I'm j- I like when we my daughter and I saw her on on Valentine's Day, and my daughter was like, "I just she's so cool." You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, oh my God, you hid from her. So that's weird that you did that. Yeah, you kind of messed it up. You got to find the next cool person because you totally ruined it with Erica. He's based on Erica. Yeah, now she's just getting hot water. <laughs> she can't hang out with a lame like you. <laughs> that's so great. Well, thanks for calling, Erica. Yeah, of course. See you guys. See ya. Yeah, I didn't know you didn't know that story. I hadn't heard that yet. That's amazing. (laughs) It's hilarious. That sounds like something I've done. I feel like doing that at that age, too, where you, like, go to open the door, and you're like, I do not want to walk through this thing, so I think I'm just going to stand here. (laughs) She did. Yeah, she... Oh, my God. You just brought back stuff to me. Yeah, she she is... That was so funny to me. Let's see who is on the line next. It's going to join us on the air. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, how's it going? This is Carter. What's up, Carter? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Great. It's been a. It's been kind of a. It, it started out as a very depressing show, and now it's becoming a very yeah, fun it really show. did. It was heavy. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. the. Bo- I mean, having a teenager in school, seeing them teenagers get shot like every time, like kind of sticks with me for the rest of the week. Oh, you, yeah, sure. you just relive it over and over in your mind. It's just yeah. in a place you can't protect Either. the kid. Like, I, not that I can protect her anywhere, pretty much. Right. I'm like a coward. Yeah. But, you know. So what's going on? Yeah, tonight? yeah. What's going on tonight, Carter? Yeah. Uh, what's up, guys? Um, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to call in. I was the guy who wrote the Crossfader article about you guys. Oh, my God. Ago. That's the nicest thing anybody's ever written about us. And I thank you so I mean, much. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Like. It, I don't know, this show means a lot to me, and it was, like, honestly really nice to, like, get to write about it and everything. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah, like, you've you done the do only, like, like, that's, like, different. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like, you guys just do something, like, different with, like, leftist podcasts and, like, basically anybody else. So, I don't know, it was really cool to write about it. Yeah, you're the only person, I think, that has the Brian Quinby, like, seal of approval on, like, uh, doing it right. Like he, just, felt, oh, yeah. he felt very satisfied with what you picked up there. I mean, the stuff that you said oh, yeah. is this is a lot of some of the stuff that I think you even like even at the point where you're like they're a hole that they're filling a hole maybe that that classic radio had. And when you talked about like right. Opie and Anthony and Howard Stern and stuff like that, really, totally. that means a lot to me because those shows, I mean, with all their 
with all their flaws, those shows meant a lot to me. And also yeah, just yeah. hearing that and knowing those shows meant a lot to people, to, to the, to the people that listen to those shows. And it like, if we even have half, if, if we have half of as half as dedicated listeners to that, then I feel like what we're doing, totally. we're on to the doing the right thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, like, to me, it's just, like, this is one of those shows that, like, gets you through the week more than, like, other leftist podcasts. Like, other leftist podcasts provide, like, really good, like, information. But, like, this is a good show to just, like, get through your life with and everything. And, like, I don't know, that's meaningful in a different way than, like, I don't know, like, The Dig or, like, um, I don't know, any of those other shows. Well, even just, uh, we don't do news. And I think that, right, like, exactly. I think that, like, uh, of course, like, at times it feels like we're maybe not commenting on a lot of the things that we're supposed to do. But I do think that just just not doing news, I think, sets us apart from everybody because we just exactly it seems like everybody does the news. We need a I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I felt like part of what you wrote, like I've always said from the beginning that, like, I didn't know. I don't know that I. I ever saw this as like a leftist. I wanted it to be a leftist sure. podcast, but I wanted it to be like a lifestyle sort of thing. Like exactly. And exactly. Like, I want people to, uh, I want people to live by principles and ethics that I think a lot of people think, or we all feel that the left kind of offers, but to do it in their own way, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's like this big thing where it's like, politics is life and life is politics and like you can't just get wrapped up in sort of the big picture of things it sort of is down to like the nitty-gritty of like how you live your day-to-day life and like yeah i think that's what you guys do better than anybody else did you hear amanda by any chance yeah i did i did yeah that was awesome how and, do like, you feel about up. that <laughs> how would you how no, would yeah, you no, deal no, with that's that awful no like that's fucking terrible because like my roommate's a starbucks barista and like they make nothing in tips they like they literally only get the cash chips from the jar and nothing else, and like that will be like forty dollars for two weeks. Right, and, and there's that's just nothing. not enough when you're making like barista wages. There's nothing in those jars, yeah. and that, now that Starbucks has gone to largely uh, drive-throughs, they can't put their tip right, jars out orders. everywhere. Like in Columbus, exactly, exactly. In Columbus, you can't put your tip jar outside if it's if the wind is blowing and stuff. And like the yeah. last time I went, I had to say, "Hey, can you put this in your tip jar?" I can fucking guarantee you that there are a lot of people that didn't. That didn't. They were like, "Oh, good, the tip jars." Right. There. I have that impulse too, in in my mind. Like, right, right. There might have been a time in my life there. It could have been any other day of the week. I would have been too lazy to ask for it. Exactly, you know? exactly. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Nobody like if you're going to Starbucks, like you absolutely should be trying to figure out how to tip because nobody tips at Starbucks. And like, trust me, that is a it's a trash demanding food service job that needs tips like any other job like that. Yeah, I mean the worst of the worst uh-huh. go there. The killers, the suburbanites that are fucking feet on <laughs> yeah, flesh yeah, and like no, and racing to the bottom. I also wanted to say one more thing that I I think that uh, uh, I really liked about that article that you wrote mm. was uh, referencing the call-in show, which is something that's only been part of yeah, it yeah. for like six months now. It's something that we wanted to do for a long time, but um, it was kind of weird in a way where when I moved back to Ohio, I thought I kind of knew what we were doing. And sure. we were doing two shows a week, Tuesday and Wednesday. 
And we did it for like almost a year. And then like I was feeling like I really hate doing two shows in a row. It takes so much out of me. And then I found out that Brian totally. felt the same way. And so then when we coordinated the, the call-in show, it like reinvigorated the whole operation. And I think that it did totally. like it added an element that, uh, you know, that uh, raises the whole entire operation. Like it's, it's awesome. I love being right. able to talk to people every week and get in all this stuff in there. It, it really adds a lot. And, um, I was glad, uh, you, you mentioned that in there. Yeah, no, it's my favorite part of the show. Honestly, like I love listening to you guys talk and I love the interviews you guys do and everything. But like these call in shows where you just hear that, like everybody agrees working sucks and like everybody has a shitty boss and like, you're not alone in feeling that way. Like that's the thing that really like makes this show so like special to me. I always wonder why, like, nobody else did it before. Not, I don't know. Not I in, really like, don't know. Like, in history. Like, peri- like, in, like there's not some radio show in, like, New York Whoa. on some weird station that was, like, talking about how shitty work is. <laughs> like, it's right, so weird right. well, to me. Like, Descent Magazine has that, like, belabored podcast that's just, like, intense, like, labor struggles of, like, well, this week this union had this fight and everything, but it's very, like, cut and dry, and, like, if you're not in deep into, like, the nitty-gritty of union organizing, it's not, like, easy to follow. Well, and but, no- like, this show is, is, like, immediately accessible, you know what I mean? Not all workplace actions are going to be union organizing actions either. Exactly. Or, like, not all, exactly. of the, not all of the things that make work hard are things that can even be fixed. All Some of the things that exactly. make work really hard are just stuff like what Amanda went through or what Erica's gone through yeah. or, or, like, yeah. crappy things that happened to me when I worked at Chuck E. Cheese, like, or, like, anxiety, yeah, yeah, yeah. anxiety about man i'm so sad that they're getting rid of the uh munch's band at chuck e cheese now i think it's the laziest thing in the world to me it just pisses me off why but uh i don't know man i've come from a long chuck e cheese background brett and those things were just really magical to me when i was a kid it is stupid i used to smoke in a back room that was what chuck e cheese had you know, but like, plus not, they could do some really dope animatronics these days. I, I mean, know. they should do some cool like Sony shit. Why don't they have get a as, get an Asimov out there to serve the fucking pizza to everybody? <laughs> Put a mouse ears on it. Have a hologram. Well, they're putting in a dance floor, and then they're gonna have the characters out there dancing with the kids. Oh, that's kind of true. Yeah, I can get down. I, like I can party with a mouse I like, like that. No, but then somebody's got to put the mouse costume on and it's going back to labor organizing. That's not a fun job. I don't know if you no, that's, like that's pe- a terrible job. Have you ever heard the people talk about the, oh, the people that play goofy at Disney World are really well paid and 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 they're really no, no, they're miserable. Yeah. I used to work at Disneyland. It's fucking terrible. Is it not well paid? Is that not? A, I always thought it was. I mean, a, okay, so like. It is a well-paid job and everything, and, like, they get good hours, but, like, the amount of bullshit you have to put up with people is unbelievable. People are like, ruthless. I worked in the, yeah, I worked in the movie theater attached to Disneyland, so I didn't even work in the park proper, but still, just, like, what people expect from you is completely unreasonable. They will and, hand like, you like, their kid. They will put their kid in yeah. your hands and say, <laughs> hold this kid. Do magic. Do magic to them. <laughs> yeah. That that didn't happen to me, but like just about anything else is like people just expecting you to give them the world 
when you just like run a shitty popcorn stand basically and you're just trying to give them popcorn and they just expect you to give them everything give you the yeah, full disney funny. experience wow. they want the disney exactly, i want the magic exactly. <laughs> i didn't think you'd wait more than exactly. a minute and in just, the magical kingdom are you going to rectify this sorry yeah. go ahead. i cut you off I was Chuck E. Cheese. I would dress as Chuck E. Cheese, though. And, you know, the person in the Chuck E. Cheese costume is probably a 16-year-old boy or girl. Exactly. I watched a girl. uh, This is a story. The first time I did it, I got beat up by kids. They pun- I heard a loud noise, and I didn't know what the loud noise was, and it turned out it was these two kids punching me in the back of the head. And somebody yeah, came yeah. and ushered me back to the back, and I was done for that time. They are like, you don't get no more Chuck E. Cheese to the birthday party. <laughs> um, then there was another time where this girl went out there. It was her first day. And usually on your first day, they would have you do Chucky to show like you're going to you're going to have to do this. It's hot and you're going to have to dance and you're going to have to do this. This is part of the job. They have her go out there. She's dancing when it's over. She's walking around and she's really timid because the first time you put one of those costumes on, you don't realize that nobody knows who you are. So you're still real conscious about how cool you look. And it's like, she's so she's real timid and she's real nervous. And then the next thing I, I look over and she's laying on the ground and there's like six kids like punching the shit out of her on the ground. And I have to go save her. Right. I get her. I take her to the, I usher her to the back and I'm like, this doesn't happen very much. This is like a rare thing that happens. The next thing, you know, the manager comes up to me and he's like, Hey, I need you to put the costume back on because they're demanding that Chucky come out to the parking lot and take a picture by their limo and i was fucking terrified (laughs) after their kids beat the shit out of the mascot right yeah paying for a limo to chuck e cheese (laughs) well i mean you're doing a kid's party old dirty bastard (laughs) that sounds like something old dirty bastard would have done it was scary it was really weird i thought the guy was i really thought those kids were gonna beat me up in the parking lot like and the dad was just gonna be like hey that's what you do with chucky you know what i mean yeah he's having a good time he's padded in there What a fucking job that was. Disney World doesn't yeah. sound great though either. I mean, I no, I, it, it was bizarre. I romanticize those jobs, uh, like because we have Cedar Point and Kings Island and and in Ohio, right. and I always thought it would be neat to work at Cedar Point or Kings Island, pressing the ride button and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I, didn't. I mean, you didn't? No, because everybody there is from another country. <laughs> like the whole thing is a foreign exchange program. And all I thought in my mind is they're tricking these motherfucking foreign people to come over here and tell them they're going to have this fantastic life running rides in America, and they're not going to like it when they get here. They're probably making them sleep in some sort of dormitories or something. Like, that seems like a bad sitch. That doesn't seem great now when you put it like that. <laughs> was, you know, I was like, this is Umlaut. He's from, he's from Germany. And I'm like, how did he get over here and where's he spending his evenings? It's like in the Cedar Point dor- dorms. <laughs> Reading books in the Cedar Point dorms as to not cause it. You probably never get to ride one of those roller coasters. If you work there, they're like, you're not allowed to ride the roller coasters either. Not if you're Umlaut. No. Well, I want to thank you for writing that article. That was yeah, of course, that was man. so beautiful. I want I'll, we'll link it again in the show notes. Yeah, and please, that'd be great. I just I feel like you're you really get, you got us. Like I I feel like hell that's yeah, the best. Yeah. I want to use that when somebody asks me what I do now. 
Yeah, yeah, please. That'd be awesome. And, like, honestly, if I could write for the zine at some point, that would be really cool. Like, DM me. Uh, put myself out there. Like, I would love to. Yeah. I'll, DM I'll, me yeah. as soon as we hang we'll up. And when I get home, I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get you the list. And you can write for – you're definitely cool. able to write for the zine. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and if you want to well, call so back and talk to us about anything besides us, you're welcome yeah, to I've as got, well. I've got a weird story about the cops that I kind of okay. wanted to tell you Well, guys. tell us. Tell us the story because I'm sorry. Do we, I, do we have a minute? Okay. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we, I don't want like, to take up too much time, but I had this like ridiculous story that just happened to me. Um, so, like, the other week, my friend texts me and he's like, can you pick up a prescription for my sister? She, like, can't get to the pharmacy for a couple days, and she really needs her medication. Can you go there? And so I, like, go, and I get their prescription. I pick it up, and then I'm, like, driving around in my car. I park outside of my girlfriend's apartment, and I leave the prescription in my car. And I left my car unlocked, and the prescription got stolen out of my car. Whoa. And it turns out it was hydrocodeine. Oh, I didn't know what it was when I got stolen. So it was fucking hydrocodeine. Yeah, Towns Van Zandt saying um, about that. Yeah, and so, like, because it's gone, the pharmacy won't refill it until they have a police report. Um, and so I had to go into the fucking cops and talk to them and be like, hey, this got stolen out of my car. I don't know what you want me to say. Um, and as I was waiting in the um, Van Nuys Police Department, I was listening to Street Fight. And I was listening to the story you guys were doing about the Detroit cops that are doing that, like, green light program. Pay for play. Yeah, yeah. And all of that just, like, fucked up shit where they're essentially the mob. Yeah, protection is what's called. I'm getting more and more angry. Right. And I'm just getting more and more mad at the institution of policing. I'm just more and more upset that, like, cops exist and everything. And then I have to go and talk to this cop and, like, file this report so that my friend's sister can get her medication. Um, and, like, the cop did not want to talk to me. Like, he, like, clearly kind of thought my story was bullshit because I get that this, like, whole story of, like, I went to go pick up my friend's sister's medication and then just randomly got stolen out of well, my car. Can, I'll say this. Like, that like, sounds like bullshit. No, I mean... I guess it's smurfing. You were were doing smurfing, basically. If you were cynical, you would think that sounds like bullshit. I guess probably they looked at you too. Like you're a young. Yeah, yeah. No, he did, and he fucking he took his his body cam off, and he like set it down, and he started recording me with it and everything, and I had to like start talking to him, and like it's just this like weird thing where I like had this like cognitive dissonance where I'm like still thinking about that story about the Detroit police and everything. I'm thinking about how, like, ridiculous it is that we have police at all and that, like, this is what we entrust so much of our society to is these people who essentially run rackets on working people. Um, and then I'm, I'm, like, having to talk to this guy and be polite and try to, like, charm him. Also, my friend's sister can get her meds. And it just, yeah, it was a fucking bizarre experience. No, I've had that as well. Actually, one time a, a, self, yeah. a cell phone got stolen out of a car. One of my friends borrowed his mom's phone. And then his mom was like, well, I can get the phone replaced, but you have to file a police report. And then we did right. that. And this is kind of similar to the thing that I was mentioning on the show when I was talking about the truancy at the school. All of a sudden, you're yeah. thrown in front of these authority figures 
and you start realizing they have these like fucked up problems that are like their motivations and you know that it's like a completely rotten organization and they're also right. making decisions on about how true your story is, is or like if you're trying right, to rip exactly. somebody off or if you're pulling it over on somebody and they literally you know as we've seen time and time again from police facebook groups or forums or just their official things they have the most cynical approach and think that you're just pulling a scam on them to get more hydrocodone yeah 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 like like i could tell it what this guy thought like um i think this guy honestly i don't know if he would have bought my story but we started just like chatting and he asked me what i do for a living and i work for a casting company and uh, it turns out his son is an actor because I live in L.A. Um, and like, <laughs> That's the most, yeah, this sounds like a TV it's show. The to most us. L.A. thing. <laughs> I know, I know. It's the most L.A. thing. So it turned out I put out the casting notice that his son had used to like get a job at um, South Park to do voices. Oh, and like, like because of that, yeah, yeah, his son got like a one-time gig to like voice on South Park and everything. And so as a result, like. This cop decided he liked me, bought my story, <laughs> You're pretty, and like took you know, down my report. You seem like a pretty good like, guy. Exactly, exactly. Like because I happened to seem like a stand-up guy, then you had to audition. You had to audition You had to make his son money. <laughs> well, you made my son money, so I can't see you being that bad. Exactly, exactly. But it's like <laughs> if I wasn't somebody who happened to have that bizarre connection. Like, what the fuck would have happened to me? And everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you could... That's not how society should be set up. Yeah, I mean, there's there's such a poor judgment, too. Those guys have no idea right. what's going on when it comes exactly. to drugs. Well, thanks for calling in, man. Well, I appreciate it. Whole, yeah, sure, sure. All right. Yeah. You want to go to break? Guys, this is awesome. Yeah, Thank I need you. a break, man. Thank I'm like, I'm teetering. I'm like swirling the drain right now. Yeah, we got to We got to go. We got to take our break and we'll come back and we'll be refreshed. Thanks for calling in, man. You got, are you on Twitter? Hell yeah. Thanks guys. Yeah. At moon in the tube. DM you gotta, me. You got to spell it out for people. For sure. There's a street fight bump for real. Off the wheel, whatever his name is. He said that he got a huge amount of followers. So spell it out for us. Nice. Uh, M-O-O-N-N-I-N, uh, the tube, T-H-E-T-U-B-E. Moon in the tube. All right. We appreciate it, man. Yeah. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. We're going to hit this break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to knock this thing out. You yeah, ready? I need to take a breather. You ready? Let's do this. Matter mouth percussion 
where kinky hair goes to unthought of dimensions. Why is it so fly? Cause hip hop kept some drama. When butterfly rocked the light, loose sway pumas. What by the cut? We push it off the corner. How was the buzz entire hip hop era? Was fresh in fact since they started saying Audi. Cause funks made fat from right beneath my hood. The pooba of the styles like miles and shit. Like 60s funky worms with waves and perms. Just sending junky rhythms right down your block. We beat to rap what key beat to lock. But I'm cool like that. 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 I'm cool. We be the chocolates taps on my raps. She innovates after sweet and cat naps. He at the funk club with the vibrate. Them they be crazy down with the five mate. It can't kick a plan than a crowd burst. Me, I be digging it with the bug burst. Us, we be freaking till dawn, peace and I. He gets a stranger smile, so I say hi. Who understood? Yeah, understood the plans. Him heard of it and put it to his hands. What I just flip, let borders get loose. How to consume all the beaches like juice. If it's the shit, we'll lift it off the plastic. The babes will go spastic. Hip hop is a classic. Pin play a shop, it don't matter. I'm fatter. Ask butter how I zone. Man, Cleopatra Jones. And I'm chill like that. 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 I'm chill. I got crew, kids, seven and a crescent. Us cause a buzz when a nickel bets a dealt. Him, that's my man with the asteroid belt. They catch a fizz from the Mr. Doodle Big. He rocks a teeth from the Crooklyn Nine Pigs. The rebirth is slick like my gangster stroll. The lyrics just like Luke come in stats and rolls. You used to find the bug in a box with Dave. Now he boogies up your stage, plats, twists the braids. And I'm peace like that. 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 Check it out, man. I groove like that. I'm smooth like that. I jive like that. I roll like that. Yeah, I'm thick like that. I stack like that. I'm down like that. I'm black like that. Yo, I funk like that. I'm fat like that. I'm in like that because I swing like that. We jazz like that. We freak like that. We zoom like that. We out. We out. We out.
He said, I'll love you till I die. She told him, you'll forget in time. As the years went slowly by, she still prayed upon his mind. He kept her picture on his wall. Went half crazy now and then, but he still loved her through it all. Hoping she'd come back again Kept some letters by his bed Dated 1962 He had underlined in red Every single I love I went to see him just today Oh, but I didn't see no tears All dressed up to go away First time I'd seen him smile in years He stopped loving her today Loving her today You know, she came to see him one last time Oh, and we all wondered if she would He said, I'll love you till I die Guys, I messed that up. I'm sorry. I was playing around with my phone. Brett's Brett's gonna do the talking, and we're gonna we're we're gonna start the show back up. <laughs> uh, thanks you for tuning in to Street Fight. Uh, we are on WCRS FM 92.7 or 98.3. If you're inside 270 here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, coming to you out of the Free Press Studios here in Columbus, Ohio. We are part of the Radio Pacifica Network. We are here uh, to create more dissent, more disruption, and to get uh, more change in this world. We're taking your calls tonight. You can call in uh, at 614-412-5252. We aren't going to be taking any calls next week on the 25th. We're going to be doing a live show in Asheville, North Carolina. So we'll see you again in March uh, to take your calls. Let's see who's on the line. I think we've got a few people backed up. So let's get through this. And Time see to get talking to these people. We've got to get through these see calls. see what's up. See what everybody's doing. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Oh no! Do you got them turned down? I do not have them turned. Do y'all, down. Ha- you're you might be on mute. Uh oh. Well, we lost one. It sounds like. Hello there. Can you hear us? I don't. I mean, everything looks right to me. Well, 
We lost one. Okay, let's see who's up next here. I'm sorry that we lost you. It's sad that that happens. <laughs> hey, what's up? You're on Street Fight. Who's this? Hey, guys. This is John in Memphis. What is up, Jim in Memphis? How are you doing today? Oh, sorry. John in Memphis. John in Memphis. I'm sorry. Brett shook his head as soon as I said it. Like, you're such an idiot. <laughs> yeah, we talked to you last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the fight for 15. Yeah, how was that? How how did the action go um, last week? Um, We shut it down. Mm-hmm. It was uh, very effective. Um, that McDonald's, um, as one activist put it, Sold no hamburgers at lunch that day. <laughs> That's a good so. time to take McDonald's down. Where? What was the experience like? Was the were the managers pissed? Were the custom? What was going on there? Oh, like the, the customers basically. Um, the cops had it all blocked off. Like they were, they didn't know what to expect. They had a drone. They had a helicopter. They had like um, a surveillance van. Um, they. They didn't know what to expect from us, but they, they had the whole street blocked off, and um, most of the people that were there um, left. Um, nobody was coming in because, you know, no cars could come through. And um, they had a guy there, like, I'm not sure if he was general manager, franchisee, but he was this older dude, and he was pissed. <laughs> oh, man, he was so upset. Um, he was turning inside out. He was demanding the cops arrest us. You know, and I mean, they had been planning this for quite some time. Um, SEIU, Fight for 15, Poor People's Campaign. Like, this was, this was the whole deal. We had a permit. You know, we had legal observers on site. Like, we had a strike notice from SEIU. Like, we did everything by the book, and they couldn't do anything about it, and it was wonderful. That is, that is, that sounds super great. Did you, uh, oh. Uh, I just want to say, I I got to tell you, and maybe this is the worst thing about me is that like, I'm glad all those people showed up and there was all that solidarity, but I really wish I could have seen that, uh, that franchise owner's face. Oh man, he was, he was turned up. Like, like not only that, but he looked like, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the, like Ren and Stimpy, the cartoon, but like, there's a certain type of man from like, Central Arkansas, and they they all look like stinky whistle teeth from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, so just imagine like stinky whistle teeth, owner of a McDonald's, just turning inside out, red faced, at hundreds of people blocking the entrance to his McDonald's as he's losing thousands of dollars an hour. So. It's beautiful. That was about what happened. So you did a happy, happy, joy, joy all over his ass, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear. So what's the next part? I mean, where does it, where does it go from here? Um, so right now, um, we've got a group in town, the Coalition of Concerned Citizens, and this is, this is like a coalition, like 50 or so groups have signed on to be part of this, and we're doing 50 days of action in commemoration of the 50th anniversary of the martyrdom of Martin Luther King Jr. Um, April 4th, 2018 will be the, the 50th anniversary date. Um, the city's planning, like, a huge gala of events. People are having, like, $1,500 a table events. Um, the hoi polloi of the whole world is going to uh, 
show up. In fact, we have rumors that President Trump himself is going to show up at the anniversary celebrations. Uh, and I say celebrations like it's something to celebrate. Um, there's a lot of controversy about even that. Um, but we're having 50 days of action, basically 50 days of civil disobedience, um, actions, events, demonstrations, rallies, um, to sort of pick up um, you know, where, where it was left off 50 years ago with the Poor People's Campaign, um, with fighting for living wages, with uh, fighting racial discrimination, police brutality. Um, we recently took down two Confederate statues, um, including uh, one at the gravesite of uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest. Um, that was a pretty big deal for us as well. Yeah, congratulations. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're basically, um, we're getting ready to continue the work um, in the spirit of what Dr. King was trying to do, not the safe um, representation of, oh, look how far we've come, that the people in power want to show us as a representation. So, That's awesome. I mean, you, you, I mean I'm really inspired by what you're doing down there. The, I, I saw the articles. A bunch of stuff came in. I remember you, you called in, and then uh, the next day, like all of our inboxes were lit up with people saying that like some of them was going down in Memphis. So uh, you've been very successful in spread in uh, you know making a big deal out of this, and I'm, I have to say I commend you for what you've done. So thank you for that. I was about to say it's um, it's the work of a lot of people. Sure, uh, down here trying to uh, trying to make a change. So um, we're hoping that uh, this isn't the last you hear from us. Um, we're hoping to uh, to uh, basically strike out and uh, continue this work. What's the best way so, to, to keep up with it, like, to follow along? Um, I was about to say, you, you can follow the Poor People's Campaign on, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, Five for 15 as well. Five for 15 is playing a lot of action. Um, in addition to the um, 50 Days of Action, that would be the Memphis Coalition of Concerned Citizens, uh, they're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can find them. Cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with the DSA chapter down here, Memphis Mid South DSA. You follow us, Memphis DSA on Twitter. That's amazing. Thank you for calling in, man. I'm glad to hear about all that. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm. We're going to go to bed tonight with dreams of McDonald's franchisees throwing tantrums in our heads. <laughs> I will s- sleep sweetly tonight. Oh, yeah. And um, I wanted to give Brian a shout-out for his boots. Oh, thank you. I recently I recently spent the money. I had a gift card from work, and I was just like, I, I, I hemmed and hawed about it, but I bought me a pair of Red Wings. I'm going to see how this works out. Okay. What, which Red Wings did you get? I just b- before, before we hang up, which ones did you grab? I got the Mock Toe with the Cushion Crepe Sole in Those black are, leather. I'll, I'm going to tell you, the the – People were asking. I took a picture of my boots the other day on uh, Twitter because mm-hmm. everybody said I had teeny tiny feet and it looked like I had puppet legs when I took another picture. <laughs> so I said, look, these are normal size pair of boots, okay? And people were asking me, like, how long do they take to break in and stuff? And I always want to caution people who have real jobs against buying Iron Rangers <laughs> because that's... Oh, no, I'm... I'm- uh, that's, I was going to say, I'm on the spreadsheet farm. So, you well, know, I, I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't have bought Iron Rangers if I was still working at the cable company. Those are fashionable boots, and they do take a long time to break in. The kind you got are probably going to be a lot easier to break in. No, I have a I have a pair of the like the Mokhtoe, the uh, 810s, like the classic just standard issue Red Wings. And, I mean, I take them and get them taken care of, like when the heel goes out on them, but they do last for a very long time. You know, I mean, Brian bought uh, someone had mentioned, you know, that Brian was talking about these expensive ass boots, but he bought them. I've only seen him buy them twice in his life. He bought them six years ago. And then when they fell apart, he bought them last year. He just got a new pair of them. And I mean, they do stick. They stick around for a very long time. And I more of I have more of a quiver full of boots. Like I have like cold weather boots. I have wet boots. I have daily driver boots. But for like the one and done, I mean, you can't really beat those, red, those Red Wings. Oh yeah, they're they're beautiful. They, boots. They're still union made, I think. Uh, not all of not them. Not all. There are. You got to do know. like Chippewa, Georgia, if you want it hundred percent union made. Yeah, and if you want, there are ways you can. I bought, <laughs> I bought the union made uh, Red Wing shoes, and it just mm-hmm. they were not fashionable, and they left tracks in the uh they left tracks in the on gym floors and stuff and i was like oh i can't wear these but uh the they do sell great boots and and it's a great company apparently you can get discounts on them at certain points of the year too but yeah they're great i'm glad you got them you're gonna love them they're i mean when i worked at the cable company i wore red i i seven years had like seven pairs of boots and the first six were in the first year <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of uh it's always it's nice to get something that actually lasts because buying buying boots like buying boots over and over again for a hundred dollars is really hard to do like i can't afford most of the time to do it i have to get a big influx of money to get the ones that i get so like I just I could never keep up with them. They just the cheaper ones fall apart, and they're they they just they don't last. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling. <laughs> You're serious. You give a boot. Here. Give some boot talk. <laughs> boot talk. Uh, boot. Oh yeah. Well, thanks for calling. I uh, wow yeah. that that poor folks campaign is the best, dude. Yeah, sounds like sounds like they're doing awesome things. I'm glad he called in. I like uh, hearing people jazz and excited like going through an action and actually feeling more motivated you know dude would how much more how much more on your motivation meter would you have if you had seen like <laughs> the owner of a, like a, a mcdonald's franchise standing outside with his hat in his hand like ringing it and being like oh i wish i could do well rest these people please yeah <laughs> swinging his arms yeah. pulling his necktie out <laughs> unbutton his top button just furious can't do anything about it then has to go i wonder i I hope the employees were taken care of the next day i guess if you just shut it down you don't have to get the employees in trouble so they ain't getting tips yeah money they don't matter how many hamburgers they serve yeah let's see who's on the line we got to close this thing out we're we're coming in on three hours let's see who we're talking to here thanks for calling street fight how you doing i'm doing great glad to hear who do we got on the phone? Uh, this, this is Jordan, a.k.a. Ship Prol, out of Northern California, out of Oakland. Hey, Jordan, what's going on tonight? Yeah, upgraded phone line tonight. That's a beautiful phone yeah, line, Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, doing it, I'm, yeah, I'm doing it on my computer again. <laughs> uh, you know, nothing much. Uh, me and my girlfriend are, are going to 
uh, do some facial masks. Oh, um, I've done that once. You know, You're exfoliating. We're exfoliating. It's <laughs> a good idea. You got to keep it together. You don't don't you don't want her to you don't want her to get ahead of you in that young skin game. <laughs> uh, I think, I think we lost you. Can you turn your volume back up? We we lost you there. Men, um, what, what are you guys talk? What, what are you guys talking about tonight? What, 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 I I can barely hear you. Oh, did you make an adjustment? Yeah. I don't. You gotta go back to the old way. <laughs> the first way was really good, and now you're really quiet. All right, I can you hear me. Kind of. It's Barely. very quiet. You're really out there. It sounds like you're like seven miles away from the microphone. All right, just give me give me ten seconds and I'll I'll get it I'll get it fixed. <laughs> All right, we'll let you know if you're listening. Tonight we've been talking about really terrible work stories. If you heard about Amanda, they're taking her tips and donating it to somebody's you caring campaign, and uh, then we also talked about. Awful white supremacists? Yeah, that was bang shootings. Yeah. We kind of run the gamut of street yeah. fight stuff without actually, I don't think we've talked about weed yet, basically. <laughs> Shit, Pro, are you there? Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm there. Yeah, there's that robust voice I was looking for. Okay, That's there we has. go, there we go. Well, as as far as white supremacy goes, um, I can talk about uh, uh, a march I was on, uh, I think, two weeks ago or something, and uh, for uh, immigration reform and to support DACA. Oh, how was that? Um, uh, it was good. Uh, I mean, I live in Northern California, so uh, you know, there's a pretty large, um, you know, Mexican migrant or immigrant community. Um, so that's a, a really big uh, deal here. Did you have a lot of pushback? Um, good. Uh, you know what? It was a small march, but uh, we we still got a few people who uh, we got. There was one guy who drove by, who uh, yelled "white power" out of his car. Oh um, God! We I mean we have people that yeah. will like honk or say like "get a job," but white power is Jesus criminy. Yeah, and and um, I mean there was that guy, and then uh, funnily enough we. Uh, passed by a Mexican, a fancy Mexican restaurant where there were uh, some people sitting outside and uh, they started yelling at us and giving us some, some, some stares. And later on, they, they followed us and were like off to the side. Like, and it looked like there was a guy who wanted to come over and say something to us. What? But uh, yeah, yeah. So even in liberal California, you got, uh, we got uh, plenty of uh, pretty racist people. Yeah, I mean, that's wherever you go. That's just the condition that we're in. I, I mean, I don't know, like, that's the thing about it is, you know, so many people that I feel I'm related to that get can get caught up in this stuff, but I don't know how to reach them in any sort of significant way, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, at least for white people, a lot of it comes down to, like, oh, I know someone who, you know, is an undocumented immigrant, and he's a really good guy. So, you know, now, but You're if, right. if, you don't, if you don't have that, then it's really hard 
just uh, for those people to, to get it, you know? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately. It, yeah, I've heard that time and time again is that it just comes down to like meeting, you know, some going having a college roommate that's from Iran or something and then meeting their family yeah. and, re- and realizing that they aren't like plotting destruction against everybody. But how do you make how do you <laughs> how do we make sure that these these people can get s- some diversity in their life? They don't want it, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the one thing where I feel like, you know, having a job and working, you know, it exposes you to hopefully people of different backgrounds, but, you know. If you work I at a smaller business, even, though, they, they basically, one person does the hiring, they hire a type, you know, and, and like every every business you go to that isn't like, doesn't have a huge human resources department, you can generally walk in there and figure out exactly what type of person they're hiring, and uh, that's that that ends up you know sequestering a lot of these people away we we've talked about i mean i've seen all the research and stuff about how these small businessmen these small business owners are the are the big time trump guys and i think that's i i think like they're able to sequester themselves away from everybody and not and and then so First of all, you're never around other people or you're around like six people at any time in your life. And then you start reading all this news, supposedly, from the Internet that's about people that you never see. And then it becomes really easy to start believing all of that shit, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how it is in Ohio, but at least, you know, in Northern California, I feel like if you have... um like the job I do, which is electronic assembly, like I'd say half of the people at my work are, are, are Latino or, or Mexican. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost uh, unavoidable, at least out here to, um, to, to come in contact with, you know, people of other backgrounds or ethnicities. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, which I guess to some extent is a kind of a good thing. Maybe. I don't know. You're born and raised out there. Yeah. And you, uh, is your fan? You come from like a progressive family, people that aren't bothered by someone not being like a wasp. Um, it's it's hard to say. You know, I feel like as I when I grew uh, when I was young, my mom said a lot of problematic things. But you know, as I've grown older and Trump got elected, I feel like she's changed her views. Sure, but I've always kind of had you know, I don't know. I guess progressive radical views about that stuff but um you know there's there's a lot of people even well-meaning uh you know liberals who have pretty backwards ideas about undocumented immigrants well yeah especially of descent yeah i would have to say one thing i i I, somebody i knew from california one time that had really horrible views that they were just saying that like the latino people out there will start a gang based upon the street they live on and they take it over and you know, it's real easy to think that, like, you want to advocate for everybody, but you also, like, want to punish all of these criminals. And all the criminals always end up being, like, the non-white people that are there, you know. They do such a bad job of it, even, like, covering it up. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess, and then the flip side of that is, like, if you do have um, people maybe saying positive things about, um, you know, Latino immigrants, it's like, Oh, they're hard workers, and you know, and uh, you know they do. They're they're hard workers. They have a good work ethic, and it's right. like, we well, re- yeah. what about the ones that don't? And what what? I mean, why can't they be lazy too? 
what's the matter with being a, you know, so. And why are like, we relying, you, why are we relying on like these undocumented people to do most of the hard work? You know, like, well, we rely on them for hard work and they do it for no money. You know, that's it. Yeah, and they should be able to be lazy and, you know, uh, and leech off the system just like I do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For sure. A fair shot for everybody. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know that, like, because we have, you know, we our cities is where basically everybody, every kid that grows up and doesn't want to be a part of whatever rural Ohio has to offer, they flock to the cities. And, you know, we try to do our best approximation of the coasts. But, um, you know, it's different, I think. It's a different culture out there when California already has their own their own identity as, like, a place that's progressive. So they, you know, I feel like I've heard hear some really wild takes that come out of there when it, when it comes to that yeah. because they just feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean, it, but it is this weird thing where, like, I, 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 on my campus the other day, I was walking by. They had, like, a banner for, like, Black History Month. And uh, I was walking by it, and someone had thrown an egg at it, you know? Oh, God. So, yeah, someone had uh, at a banner with Black History Month and a picture of Martin Luther King, and it's just like, oh, well, this is Northern California ostensibly, but uh, there's uh, still a lot of... Uh, well, you get a pass. Of, yeah, yeah, and, you know, it's like... It, they they just think that it's like this is a place where all the hippy dippy lovey people are trying to get along together, and it's like that's we I mean we have the same toxic scenario happening here, you know. Yeah. Man, well, I'm glad you called in. Thanks for calling in. Did you have a story you wanted to share with us, or did I just lead you to talk about that stupid shit for? No, that that was that was the that was the main thing. I the one thing I do want to say before I, I get off is uh, I I don't know if you guys knew this, but in anarchist Spain, uh, tipping was uh, made illegal after they uh, made the revolution. So I'm just going to leave you with that. I had and, no idea. Uh, maybe, Yes. So in George Orwell's homage to Catalonia, he describes how wait staff um, would refuse tips and uh, would no longer use formal language like señor or don or usted. And uh, they saw tipping as kind of being a, a remnant of kind of bourgeois capitalist culture. So I agree. They got rid of it. No, I agree. Absolutely. Um, I mean, for me, at this point, the only joy I get from it is feeling like a big shot from a TV show from when I was a kid. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, it's yeah, like I, mean, I, I have a lot of money and you made my food for me. I'll give you ten dollars because I'm one of those caring rich people, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, that, and that's part of that. That's the kind of like that's the aspect of a they would anarchists would probably critique like that. It's kind of this weird philanthropy or something it's it's uh, unnecessary benevolence or it's like undue and it just puts somebody in a position of it's a hierarchy thing it puts someone above somebody else like i get to judge how you did how you weighted these tables and i decide how much you get to pay your rent and pay your bills and and buy food you know like i'm in charge now It, it is a stupid it's a stupid piece of authority that we're handed that people run wild with you know yeah, and you have to rely on the goodwill of random strangers, you know. And unfortunately, in the kind of society we have set up, the goodwill of random strangers isn't exactly, uh, I don't know, collectivist or, uh, no. you know, generous always. So. Not enough. 
<laughs> for sure. I will always hand out tips, though, because I like to feel like a big <laughs> shot, okay? I'm get a, a big cigar. shot in town. Get a cigar. Post-revolution, we got to get rid of tips. Okay, no tips. I'll, I'll allow it, but I don't like it, <laughs> but I'll allow it. You know what you can do is you, you can say... Well, if we weren't living in revolutionary times, I would give you a gigantic tip right now. That you, I love it. That's what I would do. It would be incredible. So uh, let me allow you. I just want you to know I'd have done 25% on this. See you later. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Shit Pro. We appreciate it, man. Have a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a great thing to leave somebody with. That is. Just so you know, I would have gave you $25 in fiat currency had this been like the shitty imperialistic times. It's not. It's not. But I would have. Yeah. I'm just old school. <laughs> I came up during I came up during the uh, colonialist era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love tipping. I maybe it would be like say something nice to this person. Let's okay. Say something nice about the person. You know, at the end of the dinner, you get to come over here and be like, you were really great. I love you. You give them a handshake where you hold their hand in two hands. Like, you know, you, you shake their hand and then you put one on the outside. Like, really graciously shake that hand. Try to put your energy in them. Yeah. Fill them up a little bit so they can continue their shift. I like to give people compliments and tips and stuff like that. That's just who I am. I love it. I love to hand out complimentos. I love to hand out cash more than anything. Me too, because that's it's what like happiness. Want. Yeah. Yeah. It's like handing out pieces of happiness. Everybody wants cash. <laughs> Let's see who's on the phone. Thank you. Wow, wow, it's really swirling there. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, yo, this is Tice. I called last week. What's up? How's it How's going? It going guys? Great. We're feeling pretty great. good tonight. That's good to hear. Your name's Tice? Yeah, I, I haven't listened to all. Huh? What's your name, Tite? Tice. Tice. So, uh, T-H-Y-S. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I was just calling just for whatever. (laughs) I don't really have any stories. What did you do this weekend? Um, I saw Black Panther last night. What do you think? Um, I mean, the one thing I didn't like about it was that it seems like it... It glorified like a king too much. Yeah, I've heard I don't that know if critique. You guys have seen it. No, I know Brian has seen it. and He's told me about it. I haven't seen it yet, but I definitely know that is out there. I liked that Too Short was in it. That was that was a big. T- no, I think it's a good movie, and I, I don't know how badly people want to hear me talk about the politics of the movie. They're probably. I felt like maybe they weren't great. If. If I was writing it, maybe I wouldn't have done some of the things that they did. But I also fully understand, like, how great must it be for a a, a black kid or a person who's grown up their whole life without having an action movie, basically a, a mainstream action movie geared toward, you know, African culture and stuff like that's incredible that that happened. And like. I can see why people are very excited about it. And I think in, uh, you know, I don't know that politics sink in in that way, I guess. I, I guess I don't, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to say because I really do understand representation 
matters I, a lot. But I think, you know, maybe it doesn't matter. It, it, it really doesn't matter whether or not the themes of a movie are meant to change the entire world. It really comes down to if you're the kind of person that doesn't want to bow down to a king and you pay fucking $15 to go watch a movie in 3D and it's all about bowing down to a king, there's, it's going to be harder for you to, I think, go enjoy that experience. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I, yeah, I totally agree that it was a, it's a positive thing. Um, I mean, it could have gone, you know, more smoothly, but, I mean, they were working with the source material they had, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, representation, I mean, representation matters. We can deal with politics later, I guess. I, I guess that's probably wrong for I don't a lot of people who feel that way. It, yeah. Right, yeah. I, but you know what I mean. Like, it, it is, there are some things in that movie that are like, oof, I, this makes me uneasy. You know, like, if if this if this was a different movie, maybe I would have had a, uh, I would have had a huge problem with it. You know, if this was maybe, if this, if this was, I don't, I don't Captain know. Captain America yeah. was fighting against rebels. Yeah, if it was something like that, I would probably have had a lot more of a problem. But this, to me, uh, this to me was in the end a net positive. I guess. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, oh, what was I going to say? Um, shoot. Uh, one thing I joked with one of my friends uh, last night about it was uh, I said that um, the Michael B. Jordan enemy character was a Maoist and he really did kind of have a Maoist vibe. Yeah, I love that character. I actually really liked that character. Not that Yeah. Uh, like, I'm, I'm like a, motive, not the world's hugest like big time movement communist, especially at this point. <laughs> but I uh I did I did I liked the character. I think the character raised really good like everything that character said was was great. And I also I was telling Brett right before we went on the air, I don't know that he was played as a classic comic book villain. Like, I, I don't feel like the... Of course, it's an action movie and it has to end with a fight between two people, right? But I don't think that yeah. it played as him being straight up just a bad guy. He's not like... Ultron, you know what I mean? He wasn't that sort of like unambiguously bad person. Everybody in the movie had complicated feelings about that character. Yeah, for sure. And like, I feel like he had one of the best motives of being a, a villain of like basically any villain. It was almost too good. Yeah. Like, because I mean, they killed his they killed his dad and then a bunch of other shit. I don't want to spoil too much for people, but I mean, it's kind of hard not to get spoiled from like comics and stuff. But like he just had a really good motivation. Um I mean, obviously he went about it all wrong, but right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, but it, like I said, it's it's a good movie. It's a it's a it's a great movie to see. Um thanks for calling. And uh, we're gonna try and get everybody on because we're running we're running way out of time. Yeah, but thank you for calling us. I appreciate it. Yeah, could I suggest one thing? You guys should come to Spokane at some point. <laughs> Where's that? Washington. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm in Idaho, but I'm in northern Idaho, so it's really close to Spokane. <laughs> we'll and shoot. I know some other people. We'll get we'll get out there. We're, we want to hit every place in this country. It's just really hard because the way we tour is so. 
it, it's like a once a month thing. We like to be with our families. It's weird. It's oh, yeah, not the sure. normal comedy thing. <laughs> Usually they're trying yeah. to get the hell away. We we kind of we get a little homesick once we leave town. <laughs> oh yeah, like I can't imagine touring. It just sounds like hell. So yeah, I totally understand that. Well, thanks for calling. Well, anyway, yeah, have a great night. We'll do a Spokane show someday. Not right cool. now. <laughs> yeah, I would like to do Spokane. I Call mean, it Spokanity. It's Spokanity. I mean, it's the thing sanity. about it, it's it's one that I want to do that I, I just want to do the whole West Coast in one thing. I want to do, like, Washington, Oregon, California in one go-round. I feel like that's what our next genesis is going to be because we can't constantly be on the road, but we have to get more f- cities in, you know? Yeah, we got all these cities piling up. I agree. We haven't even revisited some of our places. We need to revisit. Let's see who's on the line here. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Another silent yep. call. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh I heard that was him. close. That I was close. Him. What's going on? Who's this? This is Sean <laughs> from Pennsylvania. What's up? <laughs> What's up, Sean? How are you? Here. <laughs> okay. What what's going on in Pencil what's going on in Pennsylvania tonight, Sean? <laughs> Not too much really. <laughs> are you stoned a little bit? A little bit. <laughs> what do you got? What are you holding? What am I holding? Yeah, what's the strain? <laughs> oh, I have no idea. Oh so, like we're in the middle of the man, you don't know what you got. <laughs> Mids, probably mids. You probably got AK forty seven. Probably actually. <laughs> yeah, you think it I hope it AK forty seven's not a good strain. I'm gonna say that on the air. What? And I know that's rude, but AK forty seven is a crumb bum strain. Well, um did you have yeah. anything you were trying to get in get in on the air? Some, uh, not particularly. Sometimes uh, when I get real stoned, I come up with these really crazy ideas that I want to happen, and like this is your chance to cut yeah, loose uh, if you got one. Oh no, at the moment. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks for calling in. We got, we got, we got to get you, these calls. To are you on Twitter? Die. Are you on Twitter? <laughs> Can people get more of this content on Twitter from you? No, I DM'd you over the weekend, but um, I don't. I'm not going to share on there. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Well, I'll get back to you in the DMs. Thanks for calling, Sean. And I'm glad you shared your good night with us. We really do appreciate that. <laughs> Some of us over here are doing way too much. People are trying to call in with like this scenario and everything. We're just forgetting to let it take over and just stop thinking, right? Just like Sean did there. You know, just let it all go. Hey, I'm just stop worrying. Out. I'm trying to listen to this damn show, man. Yeah, now the hosts are talking to me, and it's like bugging me. I'm just trying to listen to this show, and now the hosts are asking me. I love, I, I love you, Sean. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Uh, we'll get to you in the DM. Let's see who's on the line here next. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hello, you're talking to Angel from Southern California, or as I've started calling it, Bottom California. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> What's up, Angel? How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. Uh, I'm a first-time, long-time 
at least long time in the world of ephemeral internet media. Like, I've probably been listening to the podcast for like a couple of months, but considering how often I get bored and switch between different kinds of media, that's a long time for me. Uh, and uh, I really dig this whole show because I've, I've really been trying to deep dive into worlds where my different interests in lefty politics and pro wrestling overlap. <laughs> and this is one of those wonderful nexi of overlapping between those two worlds. Yeah, we try. I mean, I, I haven't seen much this weekend. I'm actually getting when I get home. That's why we're we're knocking it down at three hours because I got to get home and watch some some wrestling or I, I, I won't <laughs> feel normal. I do it every night. Gotta That's how I go to up. sleep. I'm going to tell you, if you're a wrestling fan and you just pop a 20-minute match on after you've taken a bunch of melatonin and smoked a bunch of weed, it'll yeah. probably help you fall asleep. I have to admit, I'm like a, I, I've been a bit of a bad wrestling fan just because, like, I was trying to, like, watch some Kenny Omega matches just to get familiar with him. And, like, most of the top... YouTube search results were always like hour long matches, which are like, I'm sure they're amazing matches, but a lot of the time I just do not have the patience to watch an hour of anything, even if it is the best wrestling possible. Like I'll, I'll like, I, I mean, I guess I'm just a, uh, uh, a real product of the millennial generation with no attention span because I can even put on shows that I like, like, say, The Great British Baking Show, which is my new, like, absolute favorite TV show. Charming. And I'll still, like, be, I'll still be looking at my goddamn phone because I can't focus on one thing. I'll tell you, I'm going to say, because there are a lot of people who are, like, because New Japan is in the news so much and guys like Kenny Omega and Okada and Naito are out there. And, yeah. like, I will say this. You don't have to be a fan of that stuff. Like that could be the stuff that is oh, just no. not in. Like that could uh, what? Because there are a lot of people I think that feel like they need to keep up with that stuff instead of like sure. whatever they're into. I'm a into. fan. I just, I I'm a fan. I just don't have the patience to always like watch all of the big matches that people recommend. Well, I let mean, me tell you. Let me. That's my. I'm sorry. I'm. T I got to tell yeah. you what. If you're going to be a wrestling fan, you got to put up with marathon matches. <laughs> Ric Flair and uh, Dusty Rhodes put on some legendary ones. So 60 minute matches are part yeah. of the history of wrestling. You got to swallow that pill. And I. I don't know. I mean, like there are about a little less than a hundred thousand people every week watching Impact TNA. You know what I mean? That might be what you're into. A little yeah. nice little 15 minute dust up. You know, you get a little story, you get a little dust up. You know what I've been doing too, though, is I actually, I, I always forget this and a lot of people forget it, but the phone has like a power off button where you can turn it all yeah. the way off. I put it on the floor. Oh, That's what wait, I wait, plug wait, it in and wait, put it on so the floor. You're telling me, you're telling me I can actually switch this thing off. Do it. <laughs> And turn on a wrestling match. That's what I've been doing. That's what I've been telling Brian is like, I look, I, I queue up a wrestling match. You're telling me, you're telling me I can actually deactivate the stream of like constant yes. anger. Cut and, it off. And like, wow. You should. Just, yeah, I mean, just really just I, for 22 minutes, just, just for 22 minutes of like a match or 60 minutes. I mean, if it's going to be a 60 minutes, you just got to get ready yeah. for it. Get a snack together. Maybe get some like I pretzel think, chips and hummus. I used to I used to have the endurance for things like that. Like I used to, when I was like in high school, I used to like just 
I think I think it's my problem is that like I get I have a really obsessive personality. So when I first really got into wrestling, I would yeah I would like marathon like you know old like classic Liger matches and like you know Pegasus Kid and I and can't Ray watch him. Can I can I tell you something? I've been trying to watch the J Cup nineteen ninety four. Your boy Brian is yeah. a coward. He can't watch Chris Benoit matches. I can't do it. I just oh I, yeah. I feel really every move he takes. I feel like that led to where he oh, ended yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's I'm like serious. it's like you're watching you're watching a tragedy unfold in front of you, move by move. Yeah. Well, and and you know he he made the decisions to take those head shots and those neck shots, and I'm yep. not. I I think like he he's not a victim i think a lot of people want to frame not a lot of people nobody frames him as a victim uh but there are a lot of people who say like well cte caused that and it's like well that caused part of it but he made a lot of really bad decisions that weren't long-term decisions to get where he was a guy that looks like that unfortunately in that business a guy that looks like that has to do something to stand out yeah it's the same way when somebody says something like mick foley comes ambling down the uh down the ramp and it's like he looks bad and i feel bad about it it's like his dream was to do this and he had to do some pretty extreme things to get to the point where he was able to do it on a very high level and it sucks that that i'll tell you i'll so i was i i was a ring announcer for a little while for a uh for a um a south uh california pro wrestling promotion and uh you know i would see a lot of the guys working and i think there is like there is a a line where it's just like you have to realize there are certain risks you don't need to take to put your body through, like just to get a match across. I don't like to be one of those guys who's like, oh, people, you know, like uh, people are, uh, workers are just doing all these crazy moves these days. But it's like there are certain things like I, I see so many people taking apron bumps now, and I yeah, don't get that. No, uh, we saw guys, okay, it's, we, I, Brett and I have seen guys take apron bumps in, with 20 people in a room paying $10 for tickets. And it's like, you, right. you don't do that. That's not how this... You did, yeah, that's, they didn't, there's not enough money being generated no. to, to make that kind of a, of a decision. So here's, here's some good lefty shit to bring that into. I, wrestlers, I, can you think of any, any like profession more like that doesn't already have a union that needs a union more than professional wrestlers. I mean, I, I agree, but it's like, (laughs) it's really hard because the way that they work is just so contractual, you know, like they're very easy to keep independent contractors. The the industry, the industry is also built in a way that, and this is really a, this is really a lot of, a lot of business when when it comes down to it but especially entertainment yeah. uh, it's built in a way where you're all turned against each other and you're trying to Absolutely. climb over the next person and it maybe isn't like it maybe isn't conscious or anything but every wrestler is trying to get above the one the person in front of them you know and it's the same I mean that's that's why perfect that's why professional wrestling is such a perfect microcosm of all the ills of capitalism yeah, it, it, and it's it like you, you look at a guy like Hulk Hogan, right? Where where like people yeah. people understandably hate his guts because he stopped Jesse Ventura from starting a union. But when you put mm-hmm. yourself in Hulk Hogan's position at the time, 
he felt as though his position was in danger and that starting a union would hurt his position in the company, which was a position of real power. You know what I mean? Right. And the reason that, like, you can say, oh, Hulk Hogan's just a scumbag piece of shit, which I would agree with you on, but you can't ignore that there were reasons for doing the things that he did. And, and currently uh, why would a guy like John Cena stick his neck out like that? He's making $5 million a year to do what he does. Why? Oh, but he's, but he's everybody's woke Bay. He's everybody's wrestling woke Bay now. But well, I mean, but sure. Zack Sabre Jr. is a guy who who could be pushing oh, yeah. for the union thing, and he he just doesn't do it. he doesn't do it. And, and it's like it, it's because these are people. It's perceived that they're living their dream, and that they're lucky every single day that they get to live their dream. And that's the way that people look at it. Yeah. That's on the outside, and that's the way that people look at it on the inside. Yeah, it, it's it's like how UCB, when, like, a, like I don't know if you're, like, super aware of how, like, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York a few years back, when, like, people were really pressing them about, like, uh, you know, why they weren't paying their performers when they were charging the audience. Like, like they were just like, well, you know, they should just feel gratified from getting a chance to perform. And it is really twisted how just, like, so many entertainers in the, like, the whole entertainment industry, I think, as you were saying, the point you were getting to is, like, there, there's this warped idea that, like, that, that art, artistic labor isn't labor and thus is not met with the same entitlement to compensation that other labor is. What? Yeah, there's no value. I mean, it makes money, but it's like, I mean, it shouldn't make money. These people are just goofy. You know, these people are just goofy actors right. and outrageous, like, freaks and geeks and things. Like, they're just doing their thing. They're spectacles. They're not, you know, they didn't earn this. This just comes natural mm-hmm. to them or something. It's I mean, like, it doesn't, though. And it's like, it is special and deserves uh, accommodations. I mean, we got shit for getting paid this week. We we got shit from a certain yeah. corner of Twitter, and I will say that like I felt guilt about it for a few minutes, but then I said I'm at work. I mean, like yeah, exactly. I don't understand why this is worthless, but other things are worth something. You know what I mean? Like why is, there is a, why is this worthless? You know? <laughs> yeah, there is there is a weird segment of Twitter, especially like lefty Twitter, that's just like on the one hand they'll be like. Uh, you know that they'll they'll decry the old media gatekeepers of Hollywood or like the traditional structures of making of making money. But then like it when when especially like uh, when when performers do find alternative ways of making money that circumvent those old media gatekeepers, then all of a sudden it's like oh you guys are sellouts. I think I think that might be. Like even even if you're on, even some online leftists, you know, might still be unlearning some of the conditioning of growing up in a capitalist society, and part of that means, you know, like having that idea that like nobody should be paid for doing something that might be seen as frivolous as entertainment. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I you know I like I said I've I've even had had feelings about that in in the past. I don't make a ton of money doing this, so. It's kind of one of those things where, like, I don't really feel bad about what I bring in, but I do, I do get this idea of like these guys are goofing off. This is their hobby, but we're also we're working a lot, 
to do this and we try to yeah we tr- i mean we're trying to do we're trying to do something positive you know and, and like it it's either doing it this way or it's getting a job at a radio company or just shutting up and yeah. going away which i mean a lot of people get something out of this i don't know i feel like if we just shut up and went away there would be people that were disappointed you know what i mean yeah it's well, the choice, is, the choice is, like, you do the way you've been doing it, or you get some watered-down version of Street Fight where you're like, hey, everybody, enter the code STREETFIGHT at stamps.com for 30% off. Yeah, well, that's what Patreon felt like such a... Uh, when, when, when we decided to just go in with Patreon, it felt like such a great thing because we weren't going to have to do... It, there weren't going to be any considerations or there wasn't, we weren't going to have to worry about any sort of material that we wanted to bring up. Right. And that we would be able to do the show that we want to do, which to a person who works at a radio, like let's just, for example, like do a place like Sirius satellite radio, right? Brett and I yeah. come rolling into Sirius satellite radio and they're like, what's your show about? Oh, we talk to people about work and we talk to people about being broke and, and everyday life. Well, nobody wants to hear mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, nobody wants to hear that. That's It's been ground into our heads that nobody wants to hear that stuff yeah. all of our lives. But, by the way, I just want to say, like, you can probably hear from the f- fucking hyper-intellectualized way that I talk with my coastal elite ass. The thing I really enjoy about your show is the fact that it is so, like, yeah, it's a lefty podcast, but it's like, you are so like arriving at your politics through lived experience and you like your sort of discussion of your politics goes through discussion of lived experience and you don't get and you don't get up your ass with this very heady academic stuff that like a lot of other uh leftists can fall into which i mean it's not like they do so maliciously i'm just saying that that there is a there is a novelty to the, to your show in that sense that i enjoy that's because we don't understand any of that stuff because we're two dummies <laughs> but, but i mean yeah we, we we've always said that this this whole thing has been a learning pro this is us this is two guys learning they're about the world yeah. i guess and and like so sometimes things that we're gonna say things that piss you off sometimes we're gonna say the wrong thing we're gonna have bad opinions but i think like in the end like this is a de- like we're trying to do the right thing and we're not making a ton of again we're not making a ton of money <laughs> there's a lot of overhead in this business <laughs> well thank you for calling um yeah call back anytime thank Angel. you yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on. You got a Twitter name? Yes, Angel M Comedy. I follow you, I believe. If not, I'm going to uh, now. Pro- Yay. <laughs> yeah, I mostly just retweet other people that are, you know, smarter than me, or sometimes I'll post dumb tweets like calling Southern California bottom California. <laughs> I can well, get you're behind out. Hey, listen, it doesn't all have to be... Yeah, I already follow you, I think, it's saying. It doesn't have to be uh, all political. Life life yeah. can be anything you want it. it your, your thing can be anything you want it to be, and you live, yeah. you're going to live in this world, and politics are going to paint the way that you live, you know? Well, thanks for calling. We're going to try and get through the rest of these calls. All right, thanks. Peace out, Angel. That was good. Good that call. Was good. Yeah, yeah, good call. I'd like to have a call back. Let's see who's on the line next here. Justifying my paycheck, but, you know. Yes. Hello? Hello, what's up? Hey, 
Am I on the line? You are on the air. You're talking to the oh, world. Oh, man. I'm talking to my boys, Brett and Brian. <laughs> you are. I you guys like five hours a week. <laughs> now I'm talking to you. That's crazy. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> I'm Tom. Okay, I'm Tom. I'm calling you from uh, Toronto, Canada, Whoa. Ontario. I like it. I like Toronto. We want to go there. We're going to get one of these months when we're not buying wrestling tickets and stuff with business money. Brett and I are going to go get our passport so we can get up there. Oh, boys, you got to do it. And also, let me tell you, Toronto is great, but I think you two would do real well in Hamilton, uh, which is just uh, about an hour west of Toronto, just on the uh, it's just past the border. And, uh, yeah, it's a great town. And I think you'd have a real welcome audience there. A lot of weed? Is there weed there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, yeah, I'll fix you up with all kinds of weed up here. You got dope in the store, man. Like, all over the place. There's plenty of stores. You can just walk into the store and basically just buy weed. They've kind of cracked down a lot on, like, at one point there were, like, a thousand stores across Toronto. And the cops kind of crack down on them selectively. But, uh, you know, they're making it, like, totally legal uh, in July this year. They're supposed to. We'll be there like, in August. Uh, across... Yeah. <laughs> We're looking at August <laughs> come to come up. to Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the one stupid thing that our, our dumb, soft Prime Minister, Justin, uh, is... Maybe looking to follow through on. Otherwise, he's basically just the same as the last guy, the conservative. I, but, wish, um, I wish we had a hey. dumb, soft Justin here to give us at least weed. <laughs> I mean, everything else sucks, but we get weed. while We get to watch it all roll down the toilet high. Well, yeah, but at the same time, dumb, soft Justin's got, like, uh, Bill Morneau, who... Or, no, he's the finance minister of fucking uh, Bill Blair, who's like the, uh, he used to be the chief of police in Toronto. And he's basically like, uh, he's a liberal member of parliament now, and basically he's writing up the marijuana legislation. So, um, you know, he's like the fucking head cop who spent his whole career putting people in jail. That makes me. They shouldn't be allowed to make money off of weed. Cops should yeah, not be allowed to make exactly money off that, of weed. You know. Mhm. Yeah, but anyway, weed's great up here. Canada makes we grow some great dope. But um, hey, uh, I really wanted to talk to you guys uh, just because I want to ask if you heard about uh, any of the rent strikes we've been having in Parkdale here in Toronto. I've not. What's going on? People are not paying their rent. As Praxis, which I'm oh, a big fan yeah. of. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Parkdale is basically, it's a high-density, working-class neighborhood on the southwest side of Toronto. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of condos being built here in the city over the last couple of years. And there's, uh, you know, a lot of gentrification and uh, just really landlords looking to push up rents. Uh, and... You know, give the they'll do stuff like they'll they'll basically spend a bunch of money on making the lobby of a building look nice. Uh, meanwhile, there's like cockroaches running around the building and repairs aren't being done. And then they use the you know the little cosmetic facelifts on the building to justify jacking people's rents up uh, to the point where they can't live there anymore. And uh, basically, over the past couple of years, uh, there's been 
a really cool development where people have been meeting in the basement of the library uh, on Queen Street in the neighborhood and uh, have basically developed a way to get together, organize building committees, and basically uh, it culminated the biggest uh, success so far happened in May of this year when um, basically it culminated with like 12 buildings, 12 apartment buildings going on rent strike uh, with like ultimately like thousands of people like involved in not paying the rent to these capitalist fuckers. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, and I mean, uh, it was great. Uh, It involved all kinds of stuff, uh, you know, showing up at the landlord and tenant board, which is like the... uh, judicial oversight body for this kind of dispute and just causing a ruckus and making them have to basically pay to set up an independent site for arbitration where you basically had working class tenants sitting down at the table and the 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 big bad capitalist boss you know forced to sit down and talk with people and um what were they they uh, able to accomplish uh, so basically, people just want to. Uh, d- basically, most of the the, the rent strike uh, against the one company, Metcap, the big one, which was in May, and lasted three months. By the way, those people got to keep all the rent. <laughs> they didn't pay those three months, so it ended up working out pretty well for the people that took the risk and decided to do this. That's how you get caught um, up on your bills, right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and also, like, people are just, uh, you know, it really brought people together. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's basically these rent strikes have mostly been prompted by the landlords getting extra greedy and asking for above-guideline rent increases, which are basically just asking, trying to squeeze more money than they're technically supposed to be asking for. Um, and yeah, it's just bullshit and people are tired of it and they've been squeezed enough. And, uh, yeah. So basically there's a three month rent strike that went really well, uh, for the people that, uh, participated. And now we've got another building on King street, uh, which is in the process of a rent strike against their landlord, nuts for management. Uh, but yeah. I we're rolling, we're cooking with gas, and uh, everybody's, you know, getting involved. And the key points, if I can share them briefly, are, like, accessibility in the broadest sense. You know, like, uh, it's a very multilingual community, and the meetings take a long time because everything sometimes has to be translated three or four times into different languages. Uh-huh. But taking that kind of time... And making sure that your space is is really uh, like a place where as many people as possible can come in and get involved and meaningfully participate in a democratic way. It's just it's really empowering, and it's at the same time it's really just basic bread and butter kind of anarchist communist politics and practice. You know? Yeah, I mean that sounds like the a great way to accomplish things. It's a, it's really just a matter of sitting around and like you said, taking the time, setting the time aside to make sure everyone is on the same page and that you can all move together as one cohesive unit. I mean, not paying your rent seems like such a terrifying thing to do, like the repercussions of doing something like that. But 
when it's a concerted effort, um, it, it now all of a sudden they have to address the issue, you know. So, it, so let me tell you, they, they started with 72 units going on rent strike in May, and everybody was terrified that they were going to get evicted. Sure. And everybody in the, in, that was participating was saying, like, to, to the organizers uh, who live in the buildings, but, like, just uh, and people going around knocking on doors, everyone was saying, oh, I'm worried my neighbors are going to they're gonna rat out on me, they're going to pay their rent, and I'm going to get screwed and evicted. Sure. And when when June came around, and uh, Metcalf tried to, uh, but like basically, what ended up happening was that all seventy two people uh, got eviction notices. But it meant that like all seventy two people that had said they weren't going to pay their rent didn't pay their rent. Sure. And then June first rolled around, and the next round of evictions corresponding to people that didn't pay their rent in the buildings came out. And that time, in June 1st, there were 200 people that said they weren't going to pay their rent. When the eviction notices came out, same number of people, right? So, like, people held strong and held together. And at the end of it, you had 350 units, and that's uh, a unit often with, like, a whole family living in there. So we're talking, like, thousands of people right. holding and, their rent and holding strong together. And the and, company uh, the company at that point, I mean, they don't want to lose three. They can't fill up 300 units in the course of a month. That's not something exactly. you can just replace. Right. You know, and uh, that's the whole thing. Like, once, once these, once you start going and you really build something that people can meaningfully participate in, and can see that it benefits them in a real way to participate. And then when you get a win, it's just like it's, it can spread really fast. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just hoping to spread the word about it. And if people don't know about it, uh, if you, you guys know Submedia? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, what's his name? Stimulator guy. Stimulator, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and it's going down and stuff. If you check out the Submedia website, there's a great... 30 minute or so documentary about the rent strike. Okay, I'll um, make sure to share that. Of, yeah, it's uh might give people a good idea of what the you know, it's just it's you know, the best thing about it is like anybody can do it, right? Like anywhere you have a concentration of tenants getting screwed over, this is, this is a model that can be you know, put into place anywhere people are living together and unhappy with their living situation. And that's often what's happening in those large tenant buildings too, as well. I mean, DC made all of its money off of of sequestering people into these gigantic buildings where they didn't pay attention to the maintenance and the health and the safety. And um, you know, they can get by on those kind of slumlord tactics one on one. But if enough people make a stink about it, they don't. You know, they don't want to have to deal with rent with the code violations and all of that stuff. You know you raise the bar and, like, up the ante on them, and all of a sudden the situation changes. Exactly. And, you know, uh, it really builds a sense of confidence, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we like to throw around words like solidarity and stuff, but, like, when you really see it and you feel it and you're, it's, a, it's something you, you gain through going through a process of struggle collectively and coming out on the other side with new lessons and... Uh, uh, renewed vigor to right. push forward. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, I'm getting all corny here. I'm stoned, fuck, you know, waiting <laughs> up on on the line here. So sorry for getting maudlin. 
No, you've done great. No, no, I'm, I'm, this is awesome stuff to hear about. This is exactly the kind of stuff that we like to hear. Because, I mean, oftentimes yeah. it does look like they we're just being steamrolled. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, uh, there's so many of us, you know, and, uh, like, we, we, you know, you always think that everybody's, you know, I don't know. There's just, when you when you just go out there with a basic offer, you know, a basic pitch that, like, uh, offers like a a concrete basis to come together and struggle around and and win meaningful gains that will improve people's lives. Like uh, it's it's incredible how how widespread I think kind of basic core socialist principles are. Yeah, I can uh, tell, man. I really appreciate calling in and sharing this story with us. It's really amazing. Yeah, hey, it's been great talking to you guys. I'm, ser- I'm serious. you got to get up to here to Canada sometime. We'll We'd fix you up. To. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll show you a good time. I've only been up there for the gambling, to be honest. <laughs> I went to, because you could gamble when you were 19. That's why I went to Canada. My one time. Oh, I yeah. went there because my parents made me go with them one time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys go to Niagara Falls? No, nah, we went to Windsor and didn't really do oh, anything okay. because it was a bunch of kids. So they couldn't do any of the Windsor stuff. So it was yeah, just kind of. Taking kids to Windsor is. I, I went to Windsor. That's where I spent my time. My 19th birthday was in Windsor, Canada. It was a tragedy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I've actually, I've never even been out there. It's. It's a shame, but I've heard I've heard you can have a fun night in Windsor. <laughs> you yeah. sure can. Yeah, it's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, whatever happens in Windsor stays in Windsor. Uh, thanks yeah, for calling. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we appreciate right, it. Right. Are you on Twitter yeah, at all? Yeah, great talking to you guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter, but I don't, I don't say anything. All I do is just just kind of look around and stuff. But I, okay. I would, uh, you know, check out Parkdale Organize. The name, uh, name of kind of the broad group of people in the neighborhood. Okay, doing this work and uh, yeah, check out that submedia documentary. Uh, yeah, and the only other thing is like, are you guys serious about if I uh, if I'm ever driving through Columbus, can I uh, give you a shout and you want to hang out and? and uh, you just got to give us a couple days. You just got to give us a couple days. Don't be like, I'm driving through Columbus today. Do you guys got any time? Because we're busy. Yeah. But we can usually, yeah. I mean, if somebody's yeah. coming through town and they get a hold of us, we can usually make time for them. We went and had a coffee All and a right. beer with uh, Perita. She she visited us from Chicago, and she gave us two or three weeks' notice and let us know we were going to be there, so we set aside the time. We're absolutely here if you need right it. on. Well, hey, it'd be great to see you in person someday. But, hey, keep doing all the great work you guys are doing. You know, uh, you can tell just from listening tonight, like, the variety of people from all across the continent calling in, talking about struggles they're having, and also just talking about stuff we all like and makes us laugh and stuff we can just kind of have a good time talking about. It's fucking great. Keep doing it. Don't ever quit. <laughs> we appreciate it. We, we don't plan to stop. Thank you so much, man. Have a good night. I want to cut that All out right, and play care. it. Now, I want to cut that out and put music behind it now. I love that. I love that guy's voice. He was like stoned and Canadian, and it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, he was very joyous. Let's lightning round these these three calls. All right, Hold we got three sound. to go. Let's see who's on the line here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? This is the off Vela. What is up? How are you? Doing very well. Yourself? Hey, we're okay. We're getting tired. We're running out of gas here, but uh, Brett looks right. well, Brett he, looks he, beat. 
<laughs> Brett looks like we've been in the call right, mines for a while. <laughs> no, I get it. You guys, you guys had a great show tonight. Uh, the Canadian was hilarious. I really love his voice. My neck of the woods. He's my guy. Absolutely. He's my guy now. That's a great. That's he's. The, oh, he's going to be one day. We need to hire him to be our like radio voice guy. Hey, you're coming. Well, Brett's our radio voice guy, but maybe we'll hire another one, <laughs> and it'll be him. No, no he I'm have kidding. sounded joyous. He was a very cheerful guy. No. I just wanted to kind of sum up your guys' show. It's been great. But um, the other side, I had a couple stories, but a, a couple comments mostly. Uh, well, um, so, shit. Okay, so I've been asked to run for mayor of my city. Ooh. And um, I have, but, so that's cool um, that people think I could win. But the other side of it is that I've had a couple DUIs. So I don't know if this is like, like, I mean, how would you run that? Are you if willing to, are, are you just willing to go out there? Like, do you care to talk about it? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I care. I, I mean, I would talk about it. I would be completely upfront about it. I, I'm saying but that, that I, are you going to be bummed when this, because I mean, they're going to not be nice. You're not going to be talking to people about it in a nice way, but if you're willing to put up with it, do it. Who gives a shit? I don't think anybody is looking at somebody for having DUIs now. Everybody drives drunk now. And uh, look who's the president. Look at all the shit he's done. I don't think anybody's looking. I don't think anybody cares, really. Nobody in their heart of hearts, when they go in there, they're like, well, he did his time, whatever. That shouldn't preclude him from running from a job. You know what I mean? You, I, 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 I presume you you did the DUI stuff afterwards. That stuff sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm all <laughs> done with that stuff. So, so, I mean. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, no, go no, ahead. I hear you. I hear you. I'm. So I just, I just, so like, I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready to like, I mean, I've talked to, talked with other folks about like, well, maybe I run like that second chance campaign. It's totally camping. It's been played out, but I could do it. But like the other side of this is, well, maybe my family doesn't want me to run it. Like maybe it's embarrassing for them. So now what do you do? Like me personally, I will do it. I will run, and I will be the best mayor the city has ever had. But, like, the process of getting there would embarrass and disenfranchise my wife and my children. So now what? No, I don't you're think so. The wrong guys too. Yeah, you're you're asking two so. of the wrong guys too. Both guys with wives and kids <laughs> who go on the air and say, "I smoke fucking marijuana all the time. Well, I love cocaine." You know. <laughs> But honestly, that's why I'm asking you guys. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, that's why I'm asking you guys. Because my friends will blow smoke up my ass all day long. And 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 that's fine. It's because they're good people and, and they believe in me. But, like, seriously, like, if, if you were in these shoes and you had the same game to run, how would you run it? I don't would know you that. Or not. I, I will say this. Uh, what we do is miles different from what you're doing the people in my daughter's neighborhood don't know that i'm a radio host that does all of this stuff and and like okay. we also very purposely surround ourselves with like a a, a a shield of of comedy you know what i mean where like right right so right, right. anything that comes out of here that's a problem 
to a normal person. Like, obviously, if we pissed people off in our circle, we would want to deal with that. But to just a normal person, like the drugs things and things like that, it's all kind of couched in, well, we're comedians. You know how comedians say shit. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> and, and no, like, no, but you can't do that as a mayor. You can't be like, you know how mayors be saying stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't be able to do that. But yeah, okay. Well, I mean, and that's why I'm asking. It's like, it's not because a part of the leftist game is like, you got to get into the office. You got to run it. Like, I'm not just an activist. I want to take, I want to, it's, it's about power as well as like switching power. Right. From authoritarians to not authoritarians. Also, a but DUI is I also can. a DUI is not as bad as anything as the things we've said. That's another thing. You you did this thing that in people's minds is there are some people where it's a very serious thing. You know what I mean? But there are also like yep. you got to think about all the people that you're running that do it all the fucking time. That drive drunk all the time. That all oh, just. I'm just going from here to here, you know, I, I just, I know people that do it and, and it's just so like, I don't think that what you did is this unforgivable thing that people wouldn't be cool with. And I also, I also just don't know that like if the Brett, you know, if they run the ads saying this guy had three DUIs, there's going to be people that say shit about it, but most people are just going to be like, well, what's this other stuff? You know, you just, I would be for me. Uh, and this is something I always worry about with this show too. I worry about the organization. If you're running as an independent by yourself, then I, I say, go for it. Uh, if you have concerns about the organ, if you're running with a party or some sort of an organization and you have concerns about the organization taking shit because of something that you did, for example, that's, you know, why I wouldn't be in the DSA because, or any of those groups, because I don't want to go on this show and say something and then have somebody be like, look at these guys. You know what I mean? So like, I don't want to be a liability to an organization. So I don't join any because of my job. And like, so that's something you might have to think about, but if the people in your organization are behind you and they know this thing, then they probably want you to run, you know, you, what you got to say, you yeah, got, no, you got to just got to stand in front of your mirror and you got to practice saying things like I may have been under the influence behind the wheel, but these politicians have been drunk with power for far too long. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> What if I've already been practicing that? <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Then right. you already, I, you already, my, you don't need to call. Then you're I'm just waiting for, for us to tell you to do it. <laughs> and it's that corny dude. I'm, I'm That's the for... world you're dealing in. You're so lucky. In a way, you're super lucky because you're dealing in a cornball community where you can have a cornball answer like that, and people will be like, "He's very wise." You know? <laughs> well, I mean, my my real ad- my real advice would be is when you we. If you just take this thing head on, if it becomes a problem, you address it in a very direct way that doesn't try to skirt any sort of like liability or guilt or any of that stuff. Just straight up say it. Um, I can't imagine they would spend all the time talking about something like that. Yeah. You know, eventually it, they move on. It might come up at the beginning and end of the campaign. And once again, like we all are related to people with DUIs. I don't think that it really doesn't make you like a, a sinner that's damned to hell in a lot of people's eyes. That's you, you guys have said everything that I, I've been, I've been, I've been talking with 
friends and people, activists, and they've all said the exact same thing. And you guys are right on track. And I just, I thank you. Do it. I mean, and then call us nothing, when you're like, running for mayor. We'll be, we'll help you out here. We'll be like, you already got DUIs. It ain't going to hurt you to call us. I mean, the worst that can happen is, <laughs> the worst thing that can happen is you would lose. I mean, other than that, you have right. to figure no, it out exactly. when it happens. It might, not, it, it might not even be that big of a deal, you know? Right. No. And okay. Well, thanks. It's a guys. small I local rate. Right. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you for calling. That's that's a good question yeah. though, for real. Thank you. That's Alf de Wille. Yep. What? How is it? What is it? Alf de Vela. Alf de Vela. German. On the you, wave. You got it. Yep. Yeah, we, we get we get you out there. Thank you for calling. All right. All right. Let's go. Appreciate let's get it. this. Let's get we got these. two we got more to two go. More. We're gonna get these two done, and we're gonna get out of here. You each got a few minutes, right? How's it going? All right. We have, we have a few minutes. Yeah, you got a few minutes here. Fantastic. Who's so, this? So, at first, I was what was that? Who is this? Oh, so for reasons, I'm just gonna say D. What's um, up, D? They'll become clear. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love you guys. Um, we previously, you guys were talking about. Um, like the craziest places that people are listening to Street Fight, right? Yeah. Like that was on the Twitter? Yeah, I'm so interested. You know, every week, your radio show is being listened to by several people inside of a secure government facility. <laughs> oh, really? This, now this is going to get yeah. us in trouble <laughs> with some people that are very mad no, no, at no. this week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is great. Actually, we know a, a few other people that work in the government that listen to the show, but they're like, I can't tell you at all like who I am. I don't want any information out there. I can't believe y'all get away with it, though. Don't they look at your stuff? I mean, it's my cell phone. <laughs> I can listen to whatever I want. Okay, okay. I don't know. I just I couldn't work on my work phone, but... <laughs> I just feel like it's like sometimes we go a little... Like when we go like way too far with the non-patriotism, <laughs> I'm always like, I worry about you people that are working within the government. It's like, oh, damn it. Why did they do treason on this show? What's their damn problem? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say that the people that I'm listening with agree 100% of the time, but I mean, that would be no fun, right? Yeah, we haven't been that bad in, a, in, in like a, in a <laughs> while. You know, I think since we've been touring, we've been good. Not we've been not patriotic, but also not treasonous. I think. I, I think I'm patting myself. Let Brett, will you please pat me on the back while I stand here, just so for us not being treasonous? Thank you, thank you, Brett. Thank you. I deserve <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm going to be treasonous eventually again, though. That's just the way th that we do things on this show. We're edgelords. We can't, we can't help, like, heading up to that line of uh, burning flags on the 4th of July because it feels good. <laughs> well, hey, but thank you. I bring you this to your attention. Um, Alabama sheriffs pocket tens of thousands of taxpayer dollars allocated to feed inmates. Of course, it sounds like did. something you guys might be of interested in. Of course, they did. Can you say, can you DM me that story so we can do it in the basement? For sure. That's the kind of stuff we like to do in the basement because it's like <laughs> we get in that basement and we get all fired up and we sit across from each other and just basically yell at each other <laughs> about things that piss us off. <laughs> so unbelievable. Yes. Anyway, you guys have a good night. I've... <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Please send me that article. I'd love to do that on the show, actually, in the basement. We're going to get this last call, and we're going to go home and watch Evolve 100. 
Well, I'm going to. Brett's going to go to bed. <laughs> I get tomorrow off. It's President's Day. They don't have to go to school. I got Evolve 100. <laughs> oh, we lose them? We got one more. We have one more. Let's get you. You're the burning the midnight oil with the Street Five boys. Hello? Yeah, who's this? Hello? Hey, it's Austin. What's up, Austin? How are you? You're our last caller for the night. What's going on? Not much. I don't want to keep you guys too long either. I just wanted to call in and say, like, you guys are awesome. Oh, thank you. That's the best kind of last call to get. <laughs> um, I guess I have a quick story. I got, uh, I don't have it officially yet, but I'm getting a job, which is cool. Where are you getting a job? <laughs> I, what kind of job are you? Sorry. With, I'm like, where are you going to get a job? service. Oh, shit. That's a fucking yeah. caviar job a for a working class person. Oh, my God. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm really excited about it, too. <laughs> Congratulations. That's fucking. Thanks, man. That's the top. <laughs> that is. When I was a kid, utility, yeah, postal I service, thought about government. Yeah, I when I was a kid, and then it was kind of like pushed away. Yeah, it seems hard. It does. It seems the process seems hard. Like, okay, I want to fucking do something like that. <laughs> so you have to take the civil. Are you a contractor? Or are you working for the official boys? For the official, yeah. Yes, yes, that's the best way to do it. Now they can't make you I use your own car. Ser- I had to do like a test for the postal service. It wasn't like a civil service test. It was, I guess, I mean, I guess it was, I don't know. That's beautiful. I love hearing (laughs) stories about people getting the good jobs out there. I wanted it. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I should hear, I should get my official invitation on Tuesday. I would still take the postal, I would still take that job. (laughs) The street fight would end if they offered me a job as a postal carrier. (laughs) Donald Trump flies out here and says, hey, if you guys quit this podcast thing. they're just gonna privatize it all. Like I know, I know, but you you got you I got want, in before. I want to fund it more, and we need savings accounts in the post offices. Yeah, please get working on that as soon as you get in the Hell organization. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! Okay, and uh, one last thing: you guys gotta come to Kent State in Ohio. Oh shit! Well, I mean. Help us figure out where to go. And we'll, that is, I can figure something out. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, we'll come there and YTSA do a show. There and yeah, they've got like a YDSA there, so I'm sure like something could be figured out. If y'all want to set something up where we talk to a room full of people, or if we come and do our show, we'll definitely come to Kent State and do a show. That's that's very doable if it's inside of Ohio. We'll drive there on a Wednesday and do it. Do the basement show. That'd be bomb. Well, I'm with, oh, and I wanted to say I'm also here with uh, stoned as hell Sean, who called in earlier. <laughs> hey, oh, Sean, my dude. I love Sean. Brett, Brett, Brett was like guy. in love with him while he was on the phone. He's like, this guy is stoned. I want some. Uh, I want someone he's on, man. I'm definitely jelly. <laughs> We're definitely co- not mid guys. No, that's primo. <laughs> yeah, it didn't sound like mids. As soon as he started talking, I was like, this dude's high. This is, I mean, he got a little, every every once in a while, somebody will be like, I got too high waiting on hold. And you're like, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. You've been waiting well, on hold we were, for an hour we and a half. Playing, yeah, we were playing 2K and like we heard the beep and we both just like completely froze. <laughs> <laughs> I would have too. Well, hey. Great job getting a good job, and uh, yeah, it, really DM one of us, DM the Street Fight account, and and like if if we we can probably figure something out for Kent State if they want us there. Yeah, I'm sure I, we can figure it out. 
Cool. Have a good night. Thanks for being our last yeah, caller. That's a good fight. Thanks. We did it, Brett. The show's <laughs> over. Do your thing. That's Street Fight Radio. We are here two times a week, every single week. Brian and I head down to the basement to give you our thoughts on the world. We talked about uh, Whole Foods' new OTS system, which has left the shelves empty, but have not kept the managers out of the aisles doing walks on everybody. We're going to do a walk! (laughs) They're doing scorecards on your ass. In the new Whole Foods owned by Amazon. So we talked about that. And then, of course, we have our call-in show every single Sunday at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can talk to Street Fight Radio. We're taking calls all night long up until 2.24 a.m. right now. Gee, Christmas. Uh, 614-412-5252. We are a part of the Pacifica Radio Network. We're coming to you live out of the Free Press Studios here in Columbus, Ohio, on WCRS-FM 92.7 or 98.3. If you're inside 270, get it there on your radio dial. They have Street Fight Radio, one of the best. We have so many other amazing programs. If you want a bonus episode of Street Fight for just $1 a month, you go to patreon.com slash streetfightradio and sign up. You get access to our extra posts. You get access to the bonus shows. And for just $3 a month, you can get a copy of our digital zine that we put out with exclusive writing by Brian and I and Street Fight listeners and some of the people that we know. Um, We even offer a completely physical copy for just $8 a month. You can get that sent to your house. Uh, Check it out at patreon.com slash streetfightradio. If you want to help us spread this mess across the U.S., we're going to keep moving onward and upward until eventually... All the hierarchies have been flattened on this flat-ass slab of an earth. We are Street Fight. Peace. Man sitting alone's crazy, sometimes amazing. Physical on the couch, but mentally yo, I'm crazy. And in the grass, staring through the glass, filled with time. It's hanging in the air, but it really ain't there. My rhyme was dope a couple seconds ago. Couldn't even peep my own flow. Sometimes that's how it goes. Don't even catch myself when I'm wandering around the van. Lance being a bad man, looking for a living hand. You probably think I'm when I say that I'm the president And all these other dudes are hesitant I got the answer to everything It's all in how the door swings your way Or that way out there I'm right there Purple hills and purple pills are for people Who probably never permanently tried to get live You lie Prepaid hip-hop taking over the 2G But this marijuana I'm smoking steady take heat And every time I blow She tell me something she knows A very good listener We rap back to back And rap back shorties That's all we tell in the story They too busy watching glory Belly. Wishing for a celly with a flip down talk switch Just a pop shit But this proof I came with We on some rock and roll shit Psychedelic paragraphs I might be thinking too fast Answers in the form of But my brother don't ask Half the time I don't know It makes sense And then it don't I grab a hold and let go Cause it's off the show And when the curtains come down I'm still giving the pound With the same frown as Mike T With the pro sound And the know-how I think I go now And wonder how That bottle that looked full Was really We got 40 bottles of water empty up on the wall, spinning around like an R&B singer under a waterfall, releasing the soul trapped inside, neglected record, translating to rap, tap, loop, the vibe, the second to sequence, the frequencies with ease, moving through the cosmos, remembering the breeze, with the sound of the whisper release, in an endless forest where life's a one and lost beneath every tree, standing at the infinite expanse in mind dance, catching overnight like the France, the water, the plant, travel to a beach where each and every Sounds like an ultimate breaks of beats in the streets are paved with slip mats. Sitting in cafes with hip cats and canteens in Lima drinking a six pack.
and get back to my life where I'm at Turning on my porch light, cleaning off my welcome mat So stop by sometime, we'll drop a rhyme or two And sit up on the porch and drink a cold brew Watching the sun set as it moves through the haze We come out into the music of Los Angeles days The sun rays, the morning and praise The warning of ways changing, I'll probably see you there and won't Letting my mind zone, touching you in your own home Trans global like mobile over